crosswords, puzzling it out. How many times we get to open our shows? What do we take? True. This is gonna be a. Uh, this is this is the gift that Batman Forever has given us, Ed. It is. We were a little concerned when this lined up with our 50th episode, but this is the, this is what pays off. So. Uh, but thank you. Welcome to Granny's Peach Tea, and we are at episode. 50. 50. It's a milestone. It is a milestone. We're going to be, look, guys, we're going to be retired soon. It is. Wow. 50 episodes, dude. And we just were talking about our, our one year anniversary. So we knocked out 50 episodes in a little, in about a year. Yeah. So that's crazy. It is, it is pretty wild when you think about it, though. But thank you for joining us. Whether you're joining us on the Facebook stream, if you're joining us on uh, YouTube, if you're joining us on the audio only version, or if it's on Twitter, or it's on Instagram, wherever you found us, we always appreciate it. Uh, we are opening up with um, uh, one of the songs related to our movie of the day. Uh, this is The Riddler by none other than Method Man, one of my all time favorites. Uh, wow, we, we have a, a comment coming in quick. I did pretty much saying, uh, Chris Summers, Chris, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm sad. I I hope you cheer up. I'm not sure. I, I, maybe it's because of Batman Forever. Maybe it's because we're 50 already. I have no idea, but hopefully you cheer up. Dude. I mean, cheer up, my friend. Yeah, cheer, cheer up. Whatever it is. We are here to cheer you up because that's what we do, right? Nice serving of Granny's PC. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for that. We're super excited to be bringing this 50th episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about some stuff today. So, Jason, what's up, dude? What's going on? How's it going, Ed? Things are good. Things are good. It's snowing outside. It's like a freaking crazy blizzard out there. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm weathering it inside. Uh, figure I didn't have the hassle to hoff this guy, guys, this week. I got a bit busy, but I do have a little comic book recommendation. I just read uh, the... Uh, graphic novel that came out called Harleen and came out about two years ago. And it is like, it's not a Harley Quinn story. It is a Dr. Harleen Quinzel story and how she is tempted into the life of a supervillain by the Joker. And um, it, they kind of shat, they, they do this brilliant parallelism with her and Two-Face, Harvey Dent's journey. Uh, so definitely worth a read. I loved it. Couldn't put it down. I was lucky a student of mine in my class uh, loaned it to me because we talk comic books obviously nice. in my class so um but yeah so uh good read i suggest everyone who likes batman take a look at it nice nice um i, I was wondering about that because i know you had mentioned it the other day about the uh when we were talking after double o deep dive about you know harley and quinzel so i was wondering like you know did you pick up I'm, it's cool to see you're picking up some comic books in the well yeah yeah you know i just haven't i haven't in a while and then uh beginning of the year my student lent me three uh, and then I'm like a black hole to lend things to. So no one ever lend me anything. Cause I just, I'll give it back to you. I just forget. And so like, he came to me like a couple weeks ago. He was like, Hey, Mr. Fisher, did you ever uh, read those books? And I'm like, give me a week. And so like, I sat down. So I was like, I had read the Spider-Man. We were talking about that as we were doing the show, nice. but I also read, um, I think born bad or something. I don't remember what it was called, but it's pretty much, uh, the alternate universe justice league known as the syndicate. Uh, okay. come to this planet, pretty much destroy or incapacitate all of the Justice League, except for Batman! Uh, and pretty much the villains of the of the world, united by Lex Luthor, fight and defeat 
the Justice League, the Evil Justice League. So I read that and Harleen. And so now it got me kind of back into it. I'm in, looking at some old cloak and dagger stuff that I used to that I read when I was oh. a kid. And uh, but yeah, so I, I think I'm gonna be doing some comic book reading. Maybe I will talk about that intermittently instead of on Hassel on the Hoff if I don't get a chance to watch that. Oh yeah, and and we'll see. I mean, I, that could be a, a new little segment we have. Did you see the DC animated movie about that with the syndicate? No, there's. I didn't even know there was an animated movie. I'm gonna have to check that out tonight if I have time. There is. I'll double check the title, the exact title, but it was uh, Justice League or something or other. I, I can't remember right now. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm sure. My guess is it's on HBO Max. Because HBO Max has like yeah. a ton of those things now. Yeah. So um, yeah, if you get a chance, check that out. Or if I find a title, I'll send it to you, and we can we can talk about it. Oh, awesome. there you go, Gil. Go, actually, yeah. Bert is dropping in here. Uh, Crisis on Two Earths. Thanks, thank you, Bert, for that. Um, yeah. So that's the one I, that I've seen it a couple of times. It's it's pretty awesome. And he's and Bert is also saying it is on HBO Max. So. Yeah, there I thought the, the, right. the comic was awesome. It, I mean, it ends with sort of uh, Lex Luthor being, like, genuinely changed, mm-hmm. but commenting how none of the other characters are. Like, you know, all of the villains that helped save the world and they got pardoned, like, within weeks, they all go back to doing what they were doing before. So, I don't know. I thought it, it had a lot to say, I th- thought, about, like, good and evil and perception and, and what what's kind of ingrained in us. It was interesting. Yeah, oh, nice. Uh, Bert's got a couple other comments that... Um... Let's just fasten our seatbelts for right here. Batman Forever is a top five Batman movie. Um, Well, Jason, put it this way. Let's hold off our comments till our Batman Forever segment when we get to it. Let's not. I was just saying. Yeah, I know. I get it. Very early. I'm gonna have to like do the math in my head right off the top of the bat. I can't imagine that to be the case, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? We'll we'll see later on in the show. How about just, that? I, I just feel like I've I feel like I've slipped into an alternate universe, and I'm just now realizing it. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I won't even comment about what that means until we get to the segment. But that's how I feel right now. Jay, there's a chance that we're all in multiverse these days. Who the hell oh, knows? That's that? True. Maybe we slipped into the other one where Batman Forever was like something totally different than what we saw. Right. Exactly, and and look, if that's the case, could this at least be that multiverse? But I ha- I didn't never lost my hair. I mean, come on, throw me a <laughs> throw a podcast or a bone here. Uh, and Bert's also wishing us a happy fiftieth episode. Bert, Thank thanks you, my a friend. Lot. We we still, appreciate it. Still waiting to get you on Double O Deep Dive. Don't forget to tell me what Bond movie you want to come talk. Oh, for sure. Uh, so we do have a quick video that was sent to us by our boss Farachi. And uh, apparently some of the other people, Jason and I have not seen this video yet. I didn't even know so it existed. So apparently it's a, yeah, it's a video that we're all going to check out together now. What's up, fellas at Granny's Peach Tea? I had to stop by and say congratulations on 50 episodes. I can't even believe it. I, it feels like it was yesterday where, where uh, you guys pitched the show. Uh, and here we are, right on time, right on schedule, model of consistency. 50 episodes is not easy. I've been there. I've done it. Others have also. Um, but here you are. Now, now you've got to take it to the next level. 51st episode is your climb to 100. Uh, so, look, I appreciate you guys. You guys do a tremendous job each and every week covering all things under the comic book umbrella. From movies to TV shows, DC to Marvel. Uh, it, it's just... It's just an overload of comic book goodness, and it's great, and it's on this network. I couldn't be happier. 
And, uh, and of course, I couldn't say congratulations without a little bit of whiskey. Cheers. And, by the way, listen, I hope you don't mind, but I brought some friends along to uh, kind of uh, share a message or two. So, congratulations once again. And uh, here's to 100. Peace out. Hey, Jason, congratulations on episode 50 of Granny's Peach and congrats on being the fastest show to get to 50 if I'm not mistaken consistency bitches consistency and that's awesome I am proud to be an OG Peach Team member you guys are taking the show you ran with it you've done a phenomenal job I enjoy watching it every week even if I'm not on it and I love being on it too so anytime you guys need me you know I'll be there but again congratulations you guys do what you do Uh, it's fantastic and I am waiting patiently for that one show Batman vs. Superman, one final all-out brawl, and I think we should call it Prep Time vs. Volkswagens. I will be there for that. Again, guys, you guys are awesome. You're my friends, you're my buds. Congratulations on 50. I can't wait for the next 50. Peace out, guys. Congratulations to Granny's Peach Tea. Now that you're over the hill, it's all downhill from here. Hello, my children. This is Eric from the A to Z program, and I just want to make a special... Congratulations and job well done to the Granny's Peach Tea for the 50th episode. You guys are great. Uh, I'm happy to be with you on the network. Happy to have you guys with me. Uh, proud to be part of the network and uh, proud to be part of something that uh, can achieve 50 episodes so fast. You guys have done great. I personally enjoy it. Uh, so keep it up. Congratulations. Um, and that's about it. I appreciate you. I really do. Hey, sending congratulations to you all, Ed, Jason, and Tony, as you celebrate your 50th episode of Granny's Peach Tea. Congratulations on that milestone. I look forward to meeting my own milestone with Ed, hopefully this season, on the Empire 161 show. Hopefully we can talk about the Yankees again, and I hit my 50th. Uh, But until then, you guys keep doing your things, filling your tea on all things comics. Um, My heart goes out to my girl Wonder Woman, so I appreciate you elevating all of our superheroes and talking about all the things that they're doing. Keep doing the great work and congrats on 50 episodes, fellas. Guys, it's Kyle. Just want to say congrats on 50 episodes. I know how big of an accomplishment that can be. Um, Jader and I just did this a couple months ago at this point. And um, I know it's just kind of a massive achievement. And you look back and you haven't realized that you have gotten this far, but here you are and I'm really proud of you guys. Having a comic book show is something that a lot of people are doing, but you guys seem to do it in a different and more unique and special way. And it's gotten you this far, so I applaud you guys. I appreciate you guys. Um, and I'm so glad you're a part of this team, and I hope to one day be a part of this show as well. So, um, Sorry I couldn't be there to celebrate the 50th episode of Granny's Peach Tea, but uh, congrats, you know, Jason, Ed, and Tony on uh, 50 amazing episodes talking about uh, some of the best movies and best shows going on right now. Uh, Hopefully I can be on there soon. Uh, Keep it going, guys. Like I said, one of the best shows on the network. Uh, Nothing but success. All right, guys? Bye. Just wanted to give a quick shout-out to the second best show on the network, Granny's Peach Tea Boys. How you doing? How's it hanging? Can't believe you guys are on episode 50, man. It's been quite the ride. I'll be lying to you if I told you I saw every single episode of yours, but the best ones are probably the one that have me in it. Uh, no, honestly, guys, you guys keep crushing it. I love everything about your style. In fact, I heard your favorite movie was The Spirit, so 
in the spirit of things, I decided to cosplay as as such. Um, but guys, to 50 more men, Tony, Jason, Ed, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always fun. Um, every time I'm on, I can talk and talk and talk and talk. So I know it's like a four hour long episode, but uh, here's to 50 more, 100 more, what have you, man. Love you guys. It's your boy, Rick City from the Old Dirty Five Pod. Normally, I'd be toasting your success. But today, 50th episode, this is a really big deal. I gotta, I gotta dig deep in my vocabulary to come up with the right way to sum this thing up in one word. Thank you, guys. That was wonderful. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, and some of them are some of the people are going to be oh, Rick and Tim are supposed to be joining us today. Yeah. Yeah. Since apparently everyone wants to talk Batman forever. Uh, apparently, this is the greatest Batman movie ever made. Who would have known? I I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed it. I uh, again, I think I might have woken up in a multiverse today. But uh, hey, we we got other we got in in the words of Chris Walken. We got bigger fish to fry first. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. But uh, no, thank you, everybody. We really appreciate all the kind words. Uh, but let's let's get this 50th episode, you know, uh, rolling here. And let's do it as we normally do. Let's jump into the CW-verse, as always. Uh, so we start, we're going to kick this thing off with Superman and Lois, Season 2, Episode 3. Um, dude, um, have we been duped? I think we might be. Yeah, I think we might have. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know where they're going. It, the thing is, I. I. It's not doomsday, but I'm still holding out hope that it's going to be. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. Well, let's talk about some other stuff that uh, through that happened throughout the episode, and let's just let's just jump right into it then. Um, so pretty much throughout the episode, uh, Clark is having these headaches that are continuing on. But now it's escalating to where he's snapping on his kids. Right. Which, bit, Jonathan I, and Jordan. I want to say, again, digging the fact that they are they are really finding ways to put Superman in peril. Like, yeah. you know, the fact that he's snapping at his kids, he's a, he wants to be a great dad. You could see that. He's always, like, trying to do right by his family. And the fact that he's lashing out like an abusive father, you see that take its toll on him when he realizes it and calms down. So... You know, I, I know that we we're going to be exploring a couple things here, but I wanted to give pin that and give this episode credit that again, I really felt he was in that this character was in danger in ways I've never felt Superman was before. Yeah, and uh, it is kind of frightening when he does that though, because his eyes turn red and he's just like his voice gets gets kind of deep and they're like, "Holy shit, is this going to be like injustice, Superman? That's going to like snap on his right? kids for a second. Um, but yes, yeah, so, and, and don't get me wrong. There, there are times where they do piss him off. Like there's moments yeah. where the kids are acting up, but he's having a lot of trouble controlling, you know, what's going on. His connection to the being that is in the minds, right? That he seems to be linked to. And we, you even have that scene where um, jo Jonathan's one without powers, right? I, I get their names. Uh, up, yes, right? Jordan has the powers. Jonathan there you go. Has. So Jonathan, you know, gets into the fight with the the kid who's been juicing. Right. Mm -hmm. And and we find out what he's been juicing is not steroids, but like the, the super dust that, that they got from the mine. Yeah, right? uh, X-Kryptonite. That'd be X-Kryptonite. 
Um, and he gets into a fight, and Clark, who you know is on, he's a coach, pulls him in, and he gets he loses it to the point where he tells George uh, to Jonathan to run and puts his hands up and unleashes his full you know laser vision into his hands where he scarred them. You know, and like the fact that he's losing control like that, I mean, he has every right to be pissed at Jonathan. He just started a fight, but that was over the top, you know, and, and I really like the way they handled it. Yeah. And then the, so, um, her, you know, their, let's just say, uh, I forgot his actual name, but like the former General Kent, who's now retired, mm. yeah. he has a line where he, say, he tells Clark, uh, now is not the time to go all doomsday on me. And yeah. I feel like that's the writer's like, Throwing out more breadcrumbs here, obviously. And then we also get another comment later, which we'll get to another line in a second. Uh, but yeah, so, but I also think what you said about Superman being in peril is he has this conversation, it's a deep felt conversation with Lois after that, where he's uh, talking about how he's like a failure. Yeah. Almost as a dad, because he, it's hitting him so much that he's like snapping on his kids. And I thought that's, again, another thing that we have never thought we would see. Superman, you know, in this situation. So a lot of the peril has been not even him necessarily always as Superman, but without the cape is when, you know, his he's getting hit hard, hardest um, throughout. So Right. It's almost like the writers, like, said, hey, wait a minute. How do you put a godlike being in peril who's actually very empathetic? Oh, his emotions. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. you can't put him physically in peril. He can kill anything, but you can get him in here. And I'm glad that, like, that someone is finally running with that. Yeah, they, they've apparently cracked the code. There's a lot of people who said throughout the years it's so hard to make a Superman movie. Yeah. Because, you know, he's pretty much, you know, like indestructible. So, um, yeah, so pretty much Superman goes ahead and ends up fighting the thing that's in the mines that flies out and has a suit. Again, another reminiscent thing of Doomsday that's happening. Uh, and then earlier in the episode, John Henry Irons says that he's going to assist, goes into the mines, gets knocked out. <laughs> By the person that's leading that project so we're seeing that all right there's more the more government type stuff that's covering up what's in the mines uh but then he does wake up just in time to assist his, the way he's he calls his suit his suit gets sent to him and yeah. he jumps into it in midair was so was, dope like that, that was, was awesome. awesome that was awesome I'm, I'm loving like the fact that this show made steel awesome because, you know, let's face it, like, he wasn't awesome in the comics, right? Yeah. And then there was the Shaq movie, which I eventually we're going to have to cover here, which I'm I'm dreading. Um, and then and then the, everyone went, hey, remember when those multiverses collapsed? John Henry who? He's done, you know? But now they're bringing this guy back, and it's the actor's cool, the, his powers are cool, his relationship with his daughter and, and the Kents are cool, and now they're making him, like, a super cool, like, ass kicker, like... I, Kudos again to this show for like taking this forgotten nobody and making him awesome. Yeah. So he has that. And then there was a, oh, sorry. Then the general has another line that he hits us with quote, there's a bizarre version of Superman on the loose. Yes. Well played. Yeah. Well played. Well played. Um, but there's also a conversation that Superman is having with John, with, uh, with John Henry. And they're all talking about, Man, I'm gonna be. We're gonna be all alone. There's no one to call. You can't call the government. Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> again, again, like you're almost throwing it in our face and making sure that we're like gonna question this. He is a part of that, right? Like Jason, I'm not. I'm not going crazy here. No, I. I was there. I saw it happen. 
It was him and Ruby Rose and uh, and the Flash. Yeah, and and everybody. So I mean, there is somebody he can call. He also has a yeah. cousin that's pretty powerful too. Well, she's off world, if you remember. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. she's off world. Um, so that's also pretty cool. Um, I, I'm still I'm still holding out hope, as I said at the top, that this bizarro stuff leads to Doomsday somehow. Because they, they, I mean, if not, then this 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 show is just trolling us. And but it, they've kind of done some of that in season one. Also, they did troll us a little bit in season one, where they're misdirecting us. So I, that's why I yes. wonder if this is going to uh, happen again. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. The whole, I forgot that we initially all thought Steel was Lex Luthor. I forgot about that. Yeah, they were they teased us with that, and also um, you know the Edge stuff teased us too. And then we find yes. out he's Superman's like half brother and everything right. like that. So. Uh, I, I mean, it, it is keeping us on the edge of our seat, but we don't it really is. know exactly what's happening. And, and to be honest with you, I, this show has built enough trust with me that if they if they tell me they're going to make Bizarro work, they're going to make Bizarro work. You know, uh, I, I can I'll take what they give me until I'm unhappy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, even if it's not Doomsday. Yeah, or maybe we get both. Maybe we get both, and that that's also that's kind of what my hope is. My hope is yeah. like. You know, they that Bizarro and Superman have to team up at some point to take down the greater threat. That's ho- where I'm hoping it's going. Yeah. So uh, Jordan ends up. Jordan's got his thing he's dealing with. He ends up forgiving um, Sarah for going yeah. ahead and uh, kissing a girl last week and giving and her this it. like token and liking it as we've decided <laughs> to sing about. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he forgives it. Which again, it's just kind of like. Jordan was pissed that she kissed anybody in general. I don't think he gave a shit if it was a girl or a girl or a guy. It was just like, dude. I think, yeah, I think it was the betrayal. And I think the fact that like everyone's like, well, you know, you have this secret and you've been keeping this secret. And it's like, not exactly the same thing here. No, 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 no. Which I wanted to talk about too, because I think that's an important thing here is, uh, well, whatever. Actually, Lana goes, Lana's thing, she goes ahead and her, her whole mayor thing takes a hit. Yeah, and then she ends up reversing costs, but she's still running for mayor. Uh, John Henry and his daughter, after that that battle, they have a discussion, and they decide that their suit. They don't say the term, but I have to use it. They're gonna level up the suit because <laughs> yep. that's a CW thing. Well, it's really just a, a gag it's from a Flash, Flash that they just can't help themselves because they the Flash trailer for the upcoming the rest of the upcoming season dropped, and they mentioned level up twice in that trailer. Uh... In the trailer, dude. The hell? God. Come on, get over it. And I think Flash. My prediction is Flash is going to take the Batwoman seat for me from last season. Like, if they're dropping leveling up twice in the in the trailer, that trailer. means it's three times an episode. I mean, you come on. Yeah, I don't know, man. They're, yeah, Flash is. We'll, we'll see. I mean, we we kind of we we'll dug see. Armageddon. We didn't hate Armageddon. Did. No, no, it was no, better no, than no. it's been. Yeah, I think it's some of the best Flash stuff we've got in a while. I agree. Yeah. So the big, another big thing, too, is that Jordan wants to – he feels like, he, like you mentioned, he's holding the secret away from uh, from his girlfriend, and he wants to tell her everything, like about his powers, about Superman being his father, about everything. And Clark is like, dude, this ain't the same thing at all. And he's like, 100% right. He's 100%, 110% right. Yeah. Like, it's he's like, like – you realize what could happen if people knew like yeah. what was going on here. I took it took me years. I didn't yeah. even tell Lois until I knew I was gonna marry her. Right. 
It's like, here, let, let's weigh it. Okay, so her secret was she kissed a girl at camp and cheated on you. Your secret is you're ha- a quarter alien with superpowers and your dad's Superman. All right, let's weigh it. So if the media found out that your girlfriend kissed a girl, what would happen? No one gives a shit. If, um, if the government found out your girlfriend kissed a girl, what would happen? No one gives a shit. If... Lex Luthor or any other villain who wants to kill Superman finds out that your girlfriend kissed a girl. You get my point here. No one gives a shit. That's not a real secret except between them. Comparing it to the secret that your dad is Superman is insane. Yeah, it's not one in the same, kiddo. So, like, pump the brakes. I know you love you. He's like, oh, I love her. I want to marry and all this other stuff. Clark is like, dude, calm the fuck down. You're a teenager. Chill out, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Um... Yeah, but the big reveal at the end comes, uh, dude, the person in the suit that was in the mine was Bizarro. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, it was Bizarro. It wasn't, it wasn't Doomsday. Yeah, we, we did not see that coming. I mean, I when, they, when, he face, when he fights him and he, like half of his helmet cracks and you see kind of the face, you start saying like, oh, wait a second, that's Tyler Hodgkin. So you're like, all right, well, something's up here. And yeah. then, no, full on backwards S. At the end of the episode, it shows the logo like they usually do, Superman and Lois, but it's backwards, so they're smacking you in the face. Like, listen, it's Bizarro. He's here. I'm curious to see how they're going to play Bizarro, though, Uh, in this iteration, because, like, are you going to go with the goofy he speaks backwards all the time thing? Right. Or he, like, um, or you're going to go with, like, because the one I just read that I was talking about that, uh, that they did Christ on two earths that had bizarro in it. And that was just like one of Lex Luthor's attempts at a Superman clone opened five years early who put the suit on wrong. So there were like a a million ways to do bizarro. And yeah, I don't know how they're going to go with it. I don't know if they're, I I hope they don't go comedic because that's not usually the tone of this show. No, I don't, I don't see that at all. I think it'll be more of a serious tone. I don't, I'm not saying I'm against the speaking backwards thing all the time, but it's not like, Hey, this guy thinks you should, you know, instead of saving people, you kill people, and that's the right thing, or some goofy thing like that. Right, right, this mirror universe thing. I mean, look, yeah. if, if Bizarro showed up on Supergirl, that's exactly what I'd expect, But and it would be <laughs> fine. I'm, and I'm sure the, they, if it was the right season of Supergirl, it would be kind of fun, But because yeah. that was the tone of that show. But I, I think this show, I think, needs to tackle this a bit more re- realistically or seriously, because yeah. I think if they start messing with their tone now and it's like, oh, I think it's a good idea to kill people because it's the opposite of save, like then it's gonna kind of be real hokey, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But I but again, like you mentioned earlier, we trust the writers in this, they're not gonna like drop the ball on this. I think they've probably got a cool version of Bizarro yeah, I'm to, sure. to show with us. Um so Bert is uh commenting here, uh they did Bizarro on Smallville too. Okay, I think Tim had mentioned that to me. I personally did not watch. I skipped never Smallville, Smallville because I just didn't care for the character at that time or didn't really like the concept of what they were doing for it. So, you know, I didn't get a chance to see it. Maybe I'll check it out on YouTube to see what they did and maybe compare, you know, what they're doing on here. Uh, and Ginny, who will be joining us, you know, for Batman Forever. Happy 50th. Ginny, thank you so much. Our partner on Double O Deep Dive. That's right. Um. All right, so then uh, that pretty much takes us to Naomi, uh, season one, episode three. Um, to tell the truth, like this was an episode where I'm starting to, I, I, I'm okay with the show. I don't love the show just yet, 
I'm trying to be patient with the discovery of, you know, what this uh, thing is. But I think the coolest point in this is D is going to, D is continuing, is like training her, showing her like different weapons and stuff. And is telling her, hey, listen, the first thing you got to do is bounce a tennis ball with both hands. Well, with one hand at first, later in the episode, it's both hands. So, you know, hand-eye coordination, like I get what, she's, what he's going for there to start with. Because she has some powerful powers that she's going to need to harness. And this is his way of doing it. So I thought that was pretty cool. And we also find out he pretty much has a dojo under his tattoo shop. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, there is that. Um, uh, then there's also the weird relationship between Naomi and her parents where, like, she's surprised that her parents are pissed at her because, like, I mean, she's kind of screwing up here. <laughs> uh, yeah, own. yeah. Well, she—they say that she's the perfect student. She has—they even look at her. They show her report card and stuff like that when she was a kid. So they very much painting her as the straight A student. You know, you could imagine like you know SAT. She's going to score like off the charts and all this other stuff. And they even mentioned that she's never really been in trouble, so she's never been grounded. And they ground her for yeah. not doing what they said, asked her to do, or what she promised she's going to do. Yes, and that, and and that, and that's the thing when she goes, I, I make one mistake, and it's like actually, darling, this is two in the same day because yeah. you, I forget what it was she got in trouble with, for in the first place, and then they they tell her, okay, be home by six, and she comes home whenever the hell she wants, and yeah. then she, they say, where were you? And she goes, oh, I was studying with my friend, the the Lourdes, I think her name is, yeah. and, and they went, and the, the parents look at each other like, Jesus Christ, third strike. The Lord has just called looking for you. So literally that was three strikes in the same day. And she's like, what? You're grounding me? I make one mistake? You've never grounded me. It's like, why are you upset? You just screwed up big time. Shut up and take your punishment. Yeah. Listen, listen, kid. You got to deal with it. This is what happens when you fuck up. And that's how it goes. And right. they take her phone away. Even Lourdes is like, oh my God, they took your phone yes. away. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Lourdes, this is Lourdes the generation. Yeah, this Lourdes is, is my favorite, by the way. <laughs> She's my favorite of the Scooby gang so far. I was, dude, I was actually going to ask you what about the Scooby gang, because that's really how they come off in this episode again. Where they're visiting, I believe it's like the Oregon campus, and they're walking around and they're checking things out. And little by little, it's like, wait, can you cover for us? Because we need to go do some other shit. No, Which I want to join you. And they keep going and going, which nobody covers for them eventually. No, they all which just is, go. Oh, the, oh, that's what I'm sorry. That's what they get in trouble for because they all yeah. just go. No one covers for them and they get caught. My bad. I, yeah. How could I? That was a big plot point. I can't believe I forgot. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. And then they, though, those are the two things. Like six o'clock and then dipping out on their damn college campus tour. So, um, yeah, that's how you. That's how you get in trouble, man. Um, so. Um, what else have we got here? Yeah, so then the that dude that's I, I'm gonna just call him the dude that runs the auto sales shop because like I keep yeah. missing his name for some reason. Um, yeah, the, the guy who he he I don't know his name either, but yeah, he has some machinations with her. He's obviously an alien, mm -hmm. and he has uh, this disc. Yeah, the disc that was yeah. found in the first episode. Uh, he has he keeps in a safe apparently. Naomi and her her buddy find out about it. They go to the dealership. They do this whole ruse. They get into the safe. They find out. I guess they take the fake one instead of the real one because it's a secret compartment. And then we find out that this disc is connected to Naomi directly. That she is the key, or he believes she is the key to opening this whole like this whole secret thing up. 
So that's his, been his whole obsession with getting to her. And he also talks to this other woman that's there who's also an alien, who apparently they're from the same planet. And it turns out that, you know, he's she's saying, like, you know, that the guy kind of had something to do with their planet being they can never go back again. So either they didn't really say if it was destroyed or if they've been banished. Yeah, they didn't really were. They weren't no. clear. So I'm kind of curious to see how that unfolds. And, and then she also reveals that they're that they're the government is starting to hunt them in this scene, right? Yeah, she well she mentions that because and but then at the end of episode two, we you know remember that her Naomi's father was put on this task yes. force. Yes. So that kind of like you know syncs up to what's going on here, and I guess right. they're just starting to be hunted. And as we see during the episode, though, they really are being hunted. Aliens are being hunted here by the government, by you know a division of the government. Um. Yeah, so then Naomi pretty much like wants to go ahead and like tell her parents about like kind of what's going on at, at the end of this episode. Yeah, and uh, she goes to, and then her parents say, "We have something to tell you," and they drive her out to the middle of nowhere, and she makes this actually funny joke about it. Bring me here to kill me. Um, yeah. And they show her the ship that she or the, the spot that they found her in. And there's the like, is that the, I guess it's her ship or whatever. And yeah. they know that she's an alien, have known this whole time, and that's the big reveal. And I thought that was interesting. That was interesting. I had a weird feeling that was coming like throughout the episode, though. So I wasn't totally shocked by it, but I'm glad that they can kind of like get to that at this point and do that reveal. I mean, so that was those are my takeaways from this episode. Um, not my favorite episode of the three so far. But yeah, it's, I, you know, this is one of the shows that I think it might be one of those things where I can acknowledge that I people there are people who are going to really like this. And I do think that there's an audience for this. I just don't at, at this episode. I don't think I'm among them. I'm going to you know, I'm going to keep an open mind and, and that could change. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's just the the Scooby gang. It, it's fun, but it's not really what I want to tune into. Like, you know, yeah. and, and uh, I, I'm not. I don't really know where we're going with this alien stuff and you know, and, and, and I'm just, I guess I'm just not buying into the ethos of the show yet, but uh, you know, I'm going to keep watching, keep an open mind and I'm hoping that changes. And then that's changed. Look, I went from being someone who hated Batwoman to taking on the actual uh, task of leading the Batwoman conversation. So it, it can change. Yeah. As listen, as, as Batman said in Batman returns, things change. <laughs> Yes, he did. Yes, he, he, did. He, he very much did. You know, maybe not the first person to say it. It won't be the last, but you know, it was, it was a thing that was recent. <laughs> uh, Tim, Tim is wondering what the hell is Naomi? It's a new CW verse show that's on the CW. That's part of the universe. So, yeah, yeah, it, yeah it, we we've covered it for a couple of weeks now. But uh, yeah, I wanted to just ask, by the way. So we see that she has a Superman poster in her room, and they, by the way, they reference Zatanna. In this, as they a comic do, yeah. book, yeah, they do. I thought was kind of cool. Interesting. Um, so, well, how, how's uh, how's she running her site, her Superman fan site? A little preoccupied these days. Yeah, I don't. That's a good question. I don't know. Site, site <laughs> suffering, man. The site is suffering. She might not be number three. She may have dropped off some other notches because they mentioned her website was the number three Superman website. In, unless she's got the Scooby Gang helping out when they're not like you know Scoobying. That's true. Actually, maybe they are kind of like doing some like side work for her. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's uh, keep it rolling here. The DC's Legends of Tomorrow, season yes. seven, episode ten. Uh, Jason, what did you think? 
Oh, I loved it. I just watched it just this morning. Um, and I, I look, I'm going to sum this up in three lines. The plan. <laughs> Step one, stop the killing of the Archduke Ferdinand, thus adverting World <laughs> War One. Step two, lure evil Gideon and the evil legends to that spot so they can try to undo it. Step three, profit by stealing back the Wave Rider. <laughs> And that is this episode. Um, it's a really clever time loop episode. It's a I've never seen a time loop done like this. They land in the in they and, and the whole thing is like this is a fixed point, and no time traveler has ever been able to undo a fixed point. And so the legends whole plan is to undo a fixed point so that that group has to come back. There's no way that they're not gonna come back there so they can enact their plan. And they find the fixed point saloon, which is just a place where time travelers hang out, because so apparently so many time travelers want to go back and try to undo a fixed point, but time is killing them before they can do it. And the time, yes, I agree, Bird, I agree. Yeah. And so time pretty much kills anyone who tries to change this fixed point. Uh, and so Sarah Lance goes out and of course gets killed the first time, but she's invincible. Like she's invulnerable. She cannot die. She's eternal because of the alien stuff. So she literally just keeps getting to relive the day of the assassination over and over trying to stop the assassination. Did you, and they reference it in the episode. I'm sorry. They referenced no, it in ahead, the episode, but did you see edge of tomorrow by any chance? No, I didn't. But yeah, they do mention it. The live, die, repeat movie. <laughs> Yeah, because it was weird. Like, so that movie was released in theaters as Edge of Tomorrow, and me and Angie ran to see it because I, again, I found that over time that I didn't, I was subconsciously a huge Tom Cruise fan. I didn't yeah. realize it. So I, I, I hate I, when I realize that about myself too. Okay. Yeah, I, I so I gave in and we went to see it and absolutely loved that movie. It's extremely underrated. But then when it came out on video on Blu-ray, they changed the title to Live Die Repeat. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's just so weird because that was like the cat. That was like the tagline on the posters for Edge of Tomorrow for the movie, and they were like, oh, this is a better title. Which I agree, it's more of an accurate title. Yeah. So what you saw, because that's pretty much the movie, is what Sarah Lance is doing in this episode. She's just reliving the same, he's just reliving the same moment trying to get it right? Yes, over and over again, because there's like this alien, and it's actually a pretty cool movie. I don't know. I'm going to watch it, actually. Oh, is it? Okay, I'm putting it on my list, because I actually love time loop movies. Yeah, you would be all about this, dude. Um, but yeah, and so it works perfectly. So this is their live, die, repeat. It works perfectly. Watching Sarah Lance have to, you know, b figure out a way to take down the first assassin and then the second assassin and then thwart the third assassin when he actually, you know, because as we talk, wow. So this is the the second time in like two months that we're talking about the history of World War One and how it started because <laughs> we did it with the Kingsman too. Yeah, we did. Uh, and so, as we all know now from the Kingsman, uh, and certainly not from history class. Sorry, Pam Simon. Um, <laughs> actually, this is a joy. I do know this from her, in all fairness. But um, that was our social studies teacher, by the way. Um, I love Pam. I've always loved Pam. She's awesome. Oh, me too. Me too. We're Facebook yeah. friends. I text her. I, I, oh, I, I, every now and then, I just reach out to her because she's a wonderful yeah. person and was a wonderful teacher. Yeah, but so, like, you know, there's a failed attempt, and then just by dumb luck, Franz Ferdinand turns on the wrong road, happens to pass by one of the assassins eating a sandwich, pissed that he failed, and that's when he caps him. And so that's where Lance has to stop him. And then they realize that there's a bad guy in a top hat who phases in and out. 
and Ed, I know you. I I know you enough to know that you want to tell everyone who this guy is. Do I? I mean, do I? Do I want to? Do I? No, go. I don't want to steal your thunder, dude. No, go no. I look. I I I know. I please, please. Uh, I'm gonna tell you. I'm actually like spacing out for a second. So. Oh, please. it was Eobard Thawne. Oh shit! Yes, I'm sorry. I, yeah. Because <laughs> I know you love, I know you love that character from the Flash. That's why I thought you'd. No, I and I do, and I actually want. I'm sorry, I, I spaced out for a second. But no, it is Ebor Thon, and I was actually curious to know though, because again, this is the Ebor Thon that we get that was on Flash and went to Legends, but then he, we also we we get a, like a different. A per, it's Ebor Thon in the Flash now, mm. but it's constantly the face he was using. That was in yes. the other one, which is why I always got like a little bit confused about it. But yeah, we find out that Eboy Thon was captured after like Zoom kind of like oh they sent him away and everything like that. That he was or what was it the the time what were they called Time Reapers or something? Yeah, like the or Time or Reapers. Some yeah, some shit like that. Where they went ahead and they were like, no, no, you're gonna be stuck in this fixed point, and that side of you gotta kind of like. Pay your pen and say it's not connected to the speed force anymore. Yeah, because no even Sarah's like, what the hell happened to your speed? So his job is to be there and monitor it to make sure no one fucks with this point moving forward. Yeah, and I thought I, that did, was I just... did love seeing him though. Like, I, I figured you're right. I, I do love the Reverse Flash in in CW, so especially this I, incarnation. And this incarnation was awesome because I I really love like he's like when she's like oh so you, this is your punishment he goes no I've I've come to see things their way this yeah. people should not be changing these fixed points like I'm doing this now because I want to. And he's yeah. got this watch that at the end of every day resets and then that he's in the time loop. Um, and it also allows him to stop time, which is how he's able to stop people from trying to mess with the timeline. Um, and I, they have a great moment, I think, because they're, they're talking about this over beers uh, while he's frozen time. And of course, I mean, they hand wave, figure out how to Sarah, Sarah can freeze time with him. Who cares? Right. It's, it's legends. We don't need to know how it happens. Um, and uh you know, they have a great moment where he's like, well, I'm going to I can do something for you. I'm going to give you 40 minutes. You have 40 minutes. If you go a second over, I'm going to have to try to kill you again. And if you kill me, you have to promise to take my spot. And I love that moment because that's that shows you that shows you everything you need to know about Thawne's rehabilitation in this incarnation, because he's like, no, you might kill me. Uh, and but then that doesn't matter. You have to take up the mission. I, I yeah. Cool character moment. I like that. I, I like that, too. Um, so now her and the team have 40 minutes, which I guess is going to be next week, to because we see the Wave Rider come in. 40 minute uh, episode, <laughs> and that's going to be the episode, man. It's gonna they they're going to have to get to get the Wave Rider back within the 40 minutes Thawne given them uh, to complete their mission. And look, as always, I don't think I even have to say this. I love this episode. I love this show. There's so much more going on behind the scenes I didn't even touch on. You had the Spooner comes out as asexual to. Um, sorry. Um, what's her name? Uh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, okay. I did have it. Um, which I thought was a cool moment. And um, Nostantine has this whole crisis of faith about how he's going to save his beloved, but he's not going to allow him to ever know about it and live with him because God needs to punish him for his homosexuality. And he has a nice moment with Sharp about being accepted and, and God would not want that. And it, there's just some really, really nice moments like that, that I feel really do wrestle with important issues and situations without clubbing the audience with it. 
Yeah, no, you it, know it, what I mean? It, yeah, it and fit within it within completely. And I, and I think you know, again, that's the brilliance of this show. It knows even when it wants to say something important, it knows how to do it in a way where it still fits the tone of the show. And if you remember when we talked Supergirl by that last season, that was our issue with it. Like, yeah. you just have a checklist of things you want to talk about, and it's not fitting with your, your ethos of your show. Yeah, and also we felt it was just, um, you know, which we don't really like uh, ding shows for that, but they do like so some shows when you're too heavy-handed about it and you're just beating you know, the, the viewer over the head with whatever yeah. it is that you're trying to communicate. That's when it becomes, you know, you kind of sidetrack the show for a second. But Legends does a great way of saying Perfect. what it needs to say in a right way and addressing important issues, but like, you know, not, not, not too much so. Yeah. So overall, and, great show. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Jimmy Jimmy. Agrees. Legends is so maybe too so. so, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. That, which is the difference between, like you said, Supergirl. You know, just kind of like I, I just felt like they at one point Supergirl did a good job with it, and then eventually agreed in the last season, in which that's where we both agreed. We just think the writing overall in the last season was extremely lazy. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, soup, that whole the fact that Supergirl had the allegory of aliens versus uh, undocumented citizens, you know, and, and the treatment of space aliens and and how it was an allegory of what was going on in the country at the time, and mm -hmm. and still is, you know, uh, um, you know, I thought that was perfect. So, yeah, I'm really just talking about Supergirl the last season about mess dropping the ball on what they were doing there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so then we also got Batwoman season three, episode ten. I Jason, enjoyed. Did you ever want it from the episode? Like, uh, is it is it any surprise that I now have a crush on both Poison Ivies? I mean, no, I, don't. I, was I was expecting this. I, I mean, that woman who plays Poison Ivy OG is like looks like Poison Ivy to me. She looks like Pamela Isley would in real life. She's awesome. And very, her costume is very like uh, inspired by the Arkham games. Yeah, for sure. No, for yeah. sure. She has the more Arkham Asylum uh, costume, and it. it looks great. I think the writing was really sharp when it comes to their stuff. Um, you know, so pretty much the whole thing is Ivy as teamed up with uh, with Mary, and they're like the IVs, um, and Ivy Prime wants to punish the head of a healthcare company who sort of. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Ivy wants Mary to punish the head of a healthcare company who was uh, denying a lot of claims. So Mary's kind of coming into her own sort of like eco-terrorism in the sense that like she's not an eco-terrorist like Poison Ivy, but she's kind of having her own sort of, it's going to be like a medical uh, thing. So I thought that was super cool. And then Ivy decides she wants to drown the entire city. And Mary's like, I don't think I can get behind that. Jason, can I ask you something? Though? Yeah. So we're in Gotham City again. People keep fucking with the water supply of Gotham City. <laughs> These damn Batman villains and their water supply of Gotham. Between Scarecrow and Ivy now and the Joker. Like, dude. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Is there any is there any, any villain in Gotham, any costume villain in Gotham who hasn't tried to mess with the water supply? That's my question. Because, yeah, Scarecrow tries to pump his fear toxin. All the time. All the time. That, that Like, that's a Thursday for the Scarecrow. Yes. Um, Ivy attempts to to use the, use the, their water supply to flood them. In the old 66 version, the Joker once tried to turn it into grape jelly. I mean, 
Yeah, who's not messing with the one? Look, guys, if you're listening to this in all in, in the multiverse and you live in Gotham City, from us to you, don't drink the water. Just buy Poland Spring or something, all right? <laughs> um, and then, uh, so, uh, Mary then uh, comes back and... Um, Oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. No, no. Sorry, I spilled water on my notes. I'm trying to figure out what I wrote. Uh, yeah, no, I know. And, I, and this is one of the first ones I watched. But so pretty much what happens is, is Batwoman wants to go out and, and chase Mary. Uh, they tell they have my favorite line in the, the episode, which she goes, tell Alice to stop drinking. And Alice is just sitting there going, what? Yeah, and I, I want to talk about Alice's drinking problem. She's getting <laughs> wasted throughout this whole episode. She really is. <laughs> Um, and I love that she's she's come back because she really wants to help Mary, and that's her whole thing. Like, she, look, I came back to help her. I care about this woman, and I I like that they made the decision to find a way to keep her on the team that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, instead of just like, oh, you're forced to be here. Like now she has kind of a connection. I thought she had a lot more to do in this episode. I really enjoyed the character. Um, and uh, yeah, so then like the whole the, the way the whole thing plays out with Mary is they get Mary, the they she Barry realizes I don't want to be evil, I don't I can't do this, I'm not that that crazy. They give her like what's called a Trojan what they call a Trojan horse, where they give her the thing that Montoya had been taking that negates the powers or whatever, hand wave, hand wave. Um, she goes back to Ivy, says, let's kill everyone. Ivy takes more power from her, and like that's it, Ivy's done. Um, and so I thought that was cool. You know, I thought they outsmarted her. They couldn't, they said they couldn't physically beat her and they outsmarted her. So I thought that worked. Yeah. And the, at the end of the episode though, we get this whole, with this water left over in that building, wherever um, Marcus is being kept and a yes. drop there, a drop of water gets on him and he gets, you know, it looks like he's being like brought back. Yep. just like Pam was a couple episodes ago. For sure. Cause he, they gave him the same desiccation, whatever it was. Um, and then, and I, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about like the B story, which was that woman is in talks with Jada because Jada wants Marcus back and Batwoman wants the Joker's hand buzzer, which again, I don't understand what's so fucking special. It's like, it's like, it's just an electrical charge, my friends. Like, yes. it's Doesn't not like that one. Yeah. It could literally be just a live wire with the ampage that this gave. gave. I don't understand what is so legendary about this. I mean, the Mad Hatter's hat had the mind control, the Crocs, whatever the hell it was, made you a Croc. Um, Pam's, you know, branch did all of this, you know, the story. I get that some of this stuff is like special, but the Joker's hand buzzer, what the, and it's the most special. What? Yeah, I was like, are we going to find out that a Riddler's envelope is found somewhere? And that envelope is very special, even though it's, like, already opened? Right. It's it, it's an envelope, man. Maybe, yes. maybe it's an envelope that has some, like, I don't know, Riddler toxin on it, which I don't even know what the hell that is. But it's nothing. Whatever. It's nothing. <laughs> and, and what we also saw, I'm just trying to think back to the finale of Season 2 when all this shit got out. There was also a Penguin umbrella, so what, what does that mean? Yeah, right, exactly. It's like, is that going to make people into the Penguin? No, it's, you know, I like the idea that the brain trauma made him a psychopath because that could happen. Psychopathy can happen because of brain damage and brain trauma if you destroy the the part of your brain that feels empathy. Um, But, like, I don't understand this whole lore of it being brought back. Yeah, um, it's a little bit weird. I'm not really on board with that part either. 
Yeah. Um, but then so like Jada pretty much sets it up and makes it look like uh, Batwoman is at fault for letting all these trophies go. And she's turning the media against Batwoman because she said, bring me my son. Here's the joy buzzer. Bring me my son by this time. Batman, Batwoman didn't do it because she was saving Mary. That's it. So, I mean, I, I again, I like the A part the A part of the story. I wasn't crazy about the B part. I'm, I'm kind of being shaky where they're going with Marcus on this because they're making too much of that buzzer. Yeah, one thing I, I did kind of dig, though, is that I saw on the trailers for next week's episode, I guess Marcus is, like, back. And he's actually wearing a very similar outfit to uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in Joker. Oh, cool. cool. The orange shirt with, like, the red jacket and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure that was, like, a cool little nod or an Easter egg to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, other cool shows in C- in uh, yes. in <laughs> DC's universe is uh, Peacemaker season one, episode five. Um, yeah, this uh, another knock it out the park episode, you know, for me here at least. Um, trying to just open up my notes quick. Yeah, uh, yeah. Complete, complete knock it out of the park for me as well. I mean, this, this show is hysterical and it knows how to move a narrative along. It knows, and I actually, te- I, I actually put on Facebook while I was watching it, like James Gunn really knows how to write an ensemble. Oh no, he absolutely does. There, there's so many like hilarious moments in here. Uh, the episode picks up where Peacemaker has his hangover from the week before, which you know, sorry, he went on a drinking and like dancing bitch, but also an introspective of his brother and the death of his brother mm-hmm. that he was feeling that. Um, but pretty much going ahead. I guess uh, Bomb Cyclone over here wants to, he's jumping in for Peacemaker. So we do have another PCP guest joining us. Hey, what's up, dude? Happy 50th, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You don't look a day over 49. Neither one of you. It's fantastic. (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) It's how I do my hair these days. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Exactly. (laughs) What's going on, guys? Not much, man. Uh, Jumping into Peacemaker now before we get to, uh, the main events of, of, of the week here, or some oh. could say the Peacemaker is the main event. I would either say. one, either one. I want either to jump one. in. I want to jump in for both of them. So because Peacemaker is fantastic. So, oh wow! All right, so every all right, so everyone is has has arrived now because Peacemaker has arrived. That's right. <laughs> also joining Rick. us, Rick. What's up, dude? Lays potato. You know, I, I I can't handle how, <laughs> how 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 fucking suave this guy is. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I can't. <laughs> What's up? What's, What's going up, on, man? Daddy's 50. We made it. We did. We did. We did. And thank Cheers. you. Appreciate that. Yes, we'll play Fraser Cup. Yeah, Rick, this is the one of the ones I'm going to be sending you uh, at some point soon. Nice. I'll, I'll just hold up my empty bottle of Crush to that. There we go. Drink it before. You crushed it. Dude. You crushed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were talking about Peacemaker with the opening scene where he's got the hangover after his whole like binge drinking he did last week and eagerly goes ahead and runs you know flies off and then brings him back uh what that was it like a raccoon or a squirrel or some shit like that ferret or something a ferret or something like that and just like dude i'm not eating that shit like get out of here you can have it though it's it's, it's okay um but but somehow that was a that ended up a seriously touching moment between (laughs) peacemaker and eagerly like by the end like when it's like yes you know like thank you man like they had a Fucking touching moment, him and a CGI eagle over like carry on. He's having a conversation with the eagle. 
<laughs> like straight up talking to him about it. I thought that was hilarious. Um, this yeah, is but, the second time we've seen him bring him something, though. Like, what yeah. episode does that end up paying off? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. They can't have a running gag for nothing. That's true. It's, no, you're right. It's something to keep an eye on when he keeps on bringing them. And it also shows that Eagle isn't just like a random Eagle that's it or Peacemaker's talk. He is out of his mind, but totally out of his <laughs> mind where he's talking to an Eagle that's not listening to him. I you mean, know, he's going to bring him a fucking fa- a foot. Or a hand or an eyeball or something crazy like that by, by the time the show is over. <laughs> um, yeah, so then the team yeah. meets up after that, the, and then we, oh. let's go. what was that? Oh. Just, like that. Just, Dude, just, just like that. Completely oh, normal. My, my, Roomba was break, my Roomba was breaking into the room. <laughs> Wait, the machines have risen, it heard, guys. It heard we were talking about Peacemaker and it wanted in. So I'm sorry. <laughs> So the team meets up and they pretty much have this whole like team meeting and powwow. Uh, and then we get to see Economos doing a PowerPoint presentation, uh, which seems to be uh, that's a PowerPoint presentation I want to be part of in one of my work meetings because yes, it's it's hilarious. He's got like things blowing up and shit like that. And he's got uh, butterflies flying into people's asses because Murr is explaining that they can get him through any orifice. There is a lot of information about the butterflies we do get in this episode. The, yes, we do. We now know what they are and what they're about. Well, we don't know what they're about yet, I think, but we know That's what awesome. they're doing. Yeah, they are going in through orifices of, of people. Uh, Peacemaker dropped some knowledge on us that apparently he heard, uh, he saw on Google that Superman is into like ass play <laughs> and things like that. I love, I love the like the confidence with which. Uh, Peacemaker delivers these things that he just made up, you know? Yes. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, he's, he's, into, he's into that. Like, how do you know that? I looked it up on Google. I don't think that's true. Oh, oh so you're smarter than Google. Like, perfect. Oh, yeah. Hey, Helen. Hi. Hey, hi. I got you guys in the headphones so she can't hear you. Oh, Which okay, was luckily stuff. while we were discussing the last couple of topics. <laughs> That's perfect timing I, because I don't need to explain I was that wearing right now. earbuds to protect her. <laughs> oh, fair, fair enough. Nice. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so we pretty much get uh, a lot of that. And then Vigilante's like, you know, killing and Merv's having a thing pretty much telling him, we want to be here all day. And then Vigilante literally answers him and is like, well, if we're going to be here all day, do you guys have cable? Yeah, you know, like the whole time, like, and then pretty much calls him out. The, the whole interaction with the team is is really funny. Um, but then, cut to Red Dragon and or Augie, I guess we'll call him August. Uh, it's August Smith. He rats, like you said, he was going yep. to in the last episode. Totally spills all the beans, even though he doesn't want to be a rat. He's totally ratting and letting them know they check the fingerprints and stuff and find out that you know it's not him. It was his son the whole time. So those cops are on to, you know, tracking down Peacemaker, and I'm sure that's where that's going to go, you know, eventually. Um, and Peacemaker apparently uh, finds that we find that he makes up names and calls his friends by shapes of their penises. And yes. he sees in the middle locker room. Um, he would have fit in a LaGuardia college. He would have fit in a good LaGuardia community college, let me tell you that. <laughs> Yes, he would have exactly. He probably yeah. did go there. He probably did go to LaGuardia <laughs> Community College after finishing up at middle college. Oh yeah, I can totally see that without question. Um, yeah, he's given people names of like Prince Charming and things like that. And uh, what the hell did he call Vigilante? Symbol. You know, 
Thimble. Thimble, yes. Yes. Yeah, and his, his answer back to um, Adebayo of like, you know, she's like, you guys just sit around and look at each other's dicks all day? Is that what goes on in a, in a locker room? And he's like, well, what else am I supposed to look at? Tables and shit like yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> He justifies everything. Like you said, like you said, Jason, with such confidence. Yes. With such yeah. like, 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 he makes you think you're the fucking crazy one. Yeah, right, right. And that's that's what's so great about it. Um, but Rick, we, we chatted about it the other day, though. We also find out that he, you know, he's being described as a bully through doing all this, and he says he was getting bullied by being called a bully and someone had police <laughs> Again, like Tim just said, he's justifying it again. Like, you know. Yeah, children can be cruel. He makes you think like, well, maybe I am a bully for calling him a bully. Because <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he's so confident. Yeah, it, it's great. Um, but Murr sends them on a, uh, they find out where the butterflies are getting their food from and sends them to, a plant, a factory where it's going. So the team goes ahead and rides there, which is uh, that ride has a lot of interesting stuff there. Besides, like the funny stuff where, you know, they're bonding over music and he's introducing them to like eighties rock, you know, glam and justifying spandex and teased hair and all this other shit, which is Hanoi rocks. Great. Yeah, Hanoi yeah, rocks. he's spilling it all there, like like you know, deep cut shit. Um, but <laughs> we do find out that the government has been shutting down. Any attempt that any agency tries to, under, as soon as they try to track down butterflies, it gets cut off. And that's why she, Waller has this black ops team, which we don't fully get like a full explanation of why in this episode. But any anything that you guys might be thinking about that? I think Gil nailed it if you look in the comment. Yeah. I kind of think not. that's I, I kind of think that's what it is if you check what he wrote in the bottom one. Oh, birds they thinking might... that butterflies are good. I have a feeling. Why would the government keep shutting down every single unless the president is is a butterfly and it goes all the way that high up or that high down? Well, they Other do talk that, about a deep state in this in this yeah. in, in that whole ride. Well, yeah. uh, with peacemakers, like, oh, no, it's like some deep state shit. And then uh, hardcore is like, no, it's not. You know, it's just higher up, and people are covering shit up and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's deep state shit. It's kind of a deep state shit. Like, whatever. And and yeah. he, so again, I, he's got, peacemakers' uh, confidence is like, yeah. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right. Yeah, I'm exactly. sorry, Rick. You were saying. No, I was saying. I think uh, after, especially after watching this week's episode, I think Waller is aware of what's going on. Okay. I think that she knows that uh, the guy who's running the organization is one of them or is involved in some way. I think that's why her daughter is there. Um, as we've seen from her, she will put anyone in harm's way. Yeah, of course. Yeah. She's like the complete opposite of like the mother from Hawkeye. <laughs> yes. She's like, no, you're a superhero. Get out there. Like, uh, so, yeah, I think her reckless abandoned attitude, her willingness to kill anybody, we've never seen a soft side. Um, no, not at all. No. I think she's I a lot she more aware. Right. Right. We. There might not be one at all. No, they're not. She's the her most cold-hearted person. She's the most cold-hearted person we've seen in probably like almost any version Marvel or DC. Like she'll just do whatever, literally whatever it takes to get the job done, and including right now manipulating her own daughter. Yeah, which we talked right. about last week, and Rick and, and Tim, we didn't get your thing uh, with this, but. We can let's talk about Adabayu quickly because throughout the episode, again, she's like, you know, she's being asked, she's being texting with Amanda Waller. 
about planting this diary in Peacemaker's house, which she does at the end of the episode, and she feels really guilty she, about it. And then she takes it back. Doesn't yeah. she? No, I think she left. No, she left it there. She left what, it. What did she, she take? Left it there. What did she? Did she take something? What, did she switch the diary? I thought she took it back. No, she. I think she it. switched the hiding place. Yeah, she okay. moved around the hiding place a bunch. Okay, uh, but I okay. also love that it's a uh, Pete's Hutch tag that says Peacemaker's Diary on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is is actually pretty funny. But are we are you guys buying that Adebayo is who she's being presented to be? Or do you think maybe she knows more or she's more Amanda Waller than we are being led to believe? Uh no, I I think we've pretty we're seeing her as she is. I, I, yeah, I don't think she knows how what an asshole her mother is. Right, how, would you, how how would you want to work for her if you knew what an asshole your you know her mother was? I think she's completely in the dark. Okay, Rick. I'm... Yeah, are you, are you done, Tim? You yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Finish good up job. your thought. All right. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I think he's. I think Tim's like hit the the nail on the head with that one. Um, I think this is like all about bad parenting. You know, we got the evil dad. We have the evil mom. Uh, We've had the multiple examples of evil dads. When he was uh, sharing the story of what happened with uh, Idris Alba, what his dad did to him with the rats and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I think we're just kind of running into an evil mom, evil dad trope where uh, the kids are just going to have to be adults by the end of the season. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's been messed up parenting. I was just wondering about that, though, because... There's some circumstantial things that have been happening where, you know, she is finding her way into like planting the, you know, the diary. And then last week she shoots Judo Master as he's saying, conveniently, as he's saying, butterflies are not who you think they are. And then boom, you know, like I'm just, I was just starting to question that a little bit. I I guess for the most part, I agree with you guys. I think that's what it is. But it seems like things keep on happening. Yeah, you're Sorry, absolutely Rick, right with the with the judo master one, because like comedic timing is comedic timing, but comedic timing is also an excellent opportunity to like, you know, foreshadow. Yeah, foreshadow. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's um, brilliant. So when they get to this place where the the butterflies' food is, oh did you guys God. also notice, by the way, where the side of the uh, the truck that they keep driving, they keep switching the signage. Of whatever mm. the fake company is, and this week was laying the pipe plumbing. Oh, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I didn't realize that either. I gotta, I gotta watch. That. Yeah, no, it's, it switched a few times. This week's was the best one. The laying the pipe plumbing was absolutely hilarious. Um, so yeah, so they get to the warehouse, and then you know, Hardcore and out of Bayou pretty much kind of do. They choose it up to see who the hell's gonna go with them, whether it's I... Vigilante and stuff. And Vigilante before they go out, and that yeah, that whole conversation, uh, Jason. I'm sure you want to talk yeah. about. When they get off the truck, go, go ahead. No, no, no. Like when he, like which one? The one where he comes out with the when Vigilante comes out with the chainsaw, the chainsaw, and then like uh, Peacemaker's <laughs> talking about like, uh, listen, you know, he's he's got the gun, and and she's and then uh, they're like, hey, do you think that's a little bit overkill? Uh, he's like, well, I'm gonna finger bang you. Know? I'm gonna yeah. go and do this. Oh, oh and that god, whole conversation's yes, yes. hilarious. Oh god, yeah. What? Well, you know, lesbians don't finger bang. Well, no, actually, I think lesbians finger bang more than anyone. <laughs> Oh, right. I guess I just didn't think about lesbians as having fingers. Like, what? <laughs> and Adebayo was like, do you think before sex, their fingers just fall off? He's like, I have one of 
Those little conversations love, are great. I yeah, I love the side conversations. I love the chemistry between Adebayo and Peacemaker. I mean, I, I've said I love that actress from Orange Is the New Black. I think she's killing it in this in this show. Um, and I love when they walk in and, and she's like, all right, play it cool. All right, don't do anything crazy. All right, all right, no problem. And he, he puts the uh, the X-ray vision on because he's got the X-ray vision in his helmet. And he just, without warning, starts opening fire on everyone with a, a butterfly in their head. And she goes, you couldn't have even given me a, 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 like a warning. And he's like, I shot a woman in the head in front of you. That wasn't enough of a warning. <laughs> <laughs> and it is pretty graphic because the way it's presented, we see, oh, wham, man. head explode, blood yep. shot right out the side of the head. I thought that was pretty great. And he starts wrecking like shot. No, when the place. butterfly starts crawling out of the head. Yes. That was like. Second shot. Bang. That was like, like yeah. Negan to Glenn gruesome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> right. Because you got the opening of the head and everything like that. Like It was, it was all there. Um, yeah, so, you know, vigilantes there, vigilantes with a hardcore and they're doing everything and they find out like, listen, this place is packed with this shit. There might be more butterflies than we actually thought. And they, you know, they get chased into a room and then Peacemakers is there with Adebayo on the other side. And there's a bunch of them trying to get into that room and he takes a fucking Russian missile shell, like tank shell, but it puts a grenade on it. And it's just like, oh yeah, he's in the middle of this morning. I, His line yeah. is great, though. Eat peace, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and that again, was pretty that, awesome. That interaction where he's 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 like, a oh, grenade only take out two or three. How many would that take out? I don't know. I just invented it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so yeah, and then the they find out they're trapped in a room with that gorilla. Uh, Charlie, that went ahead and was chased. You know, we find out for the last couple episodes. Oh, it escaped from the uh, the zoo. It's it's running around. You kind of figured that was going to pay off. Apparently, the gorilla has a butterfly in his head and is protecting them. It's uh, their guardian angel. The peacemaker also has another great line when he's when the guy says that to him, and he's just like, "Well, you know, your guardian angel's kind of like you know fucking up or like you know I forget what he says exactly, but it's it's pretty cool." But then Charlie the gorilla is like doing like martial arts to them and fighting them off like kicking peacemakers ass hardcore's ass you know out of bayou's ass vigilante's ass economos gets the chainsaw and fucking like rips right through him and saves the day yeah. and i love vigilante's line afterward it would have been better it would have been much cooler if he said vigilante and he threw me the chainsaw and i killed him. <laughs> And, and, and Peter, what are you talking about? I just said 15 minutes ago, I wanted to kill somebody with a chainsaw, and he killed somebody with a chainsaw. He's so upset about it. That's so good. It makes this show so great. They're so stupid, but it's so fantastic. They're so petty. Yeah, exactly. And, and he says, like, oh, he's trying to, he, I think he was trying to show me up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. By the end of this episode, Diebeard was the only person that's beaten any like boss level characters. Yeah, he's true. defeated no, both right. of them. Judo master, <laughs> yeah. He killed a gorilla. <laughs> yeah. And I also love he's that the that, real act, hero. that act of savagery is what unites the group, right? Because yeah. we didn't really mention it, but going on this mission, uh, Peacemaker is a hundred percent pissed at Economos for setting up his father, and he has that yes. great moment where he's like, "Why did you do that?" He's like, "I just couldn't think of anyone else," and he literally just starts a litany of like, "Like a I don't remember." 
Dude, it's the greatest list ever. Because you see Cobra Commander, Shipwreck, <laughs> Snake, Snake <laughs> said, the, the, red said, dry, the Red yeah. Lion from Voltron. Yeah, when he yeah. said Shipwreck, I was like, dude, you just mentioned Shipwreck. Of all the G.I. Joes, you busted out Shipwreck. This is fantastic. Incredible. It's like, well, that guy's dead. Shut up and listen to me. I'm giving you a list. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. Sorry, No, no, go ahead. Uh, the post-credit scene, if you've been sticking around with them, are usually like alternate mm -hmm. versions of scenes, and there's a whole more, a whole bunch of them that are named after that mm -hmm. in, in the post-credit thing, which uh, he's like, Will Ferrell, uh, Danny Glover, Mel Gibson, yeah. he says like, name of the Beatles, all of them. Uh, <laughs> and then it kind of was like, well, not Ari Ariana Grande. I'm not going there. Yeah, She's I'm too not... fucking innocent. <laughs> and, and Peacemaker's like, all right, fine. That might be true, but still. <laughs> Hey, what's hey, up, buddy? Hey, what's you going say, on? No, okay, you don't have to say hello. hello. All the fun, buddy. Kids are <laughs> making parents tonight. You better get Jackson yep. pop his head in. No, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna, you got to <laughs> carry him in and put him on your lap, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's too big. Re Regina's That's taking him to baby, a... Better... <laughs> Regina's no, taking him to a friend's list. house, so he can say goodbye. I would have watched another half hour of John Cena just fucking listing people. I could yes, not stop yeah. laughing. Today. I had to rewind it actually. I was like, I gotta watch that again because I couldn't stop laughing. Just it the amount just, of people he came up with. Dead is alive. Cart you said the red, red, red lion from Voltron. Yeah. It's like really, <laughs> really. <laughs> and I wonder if that was just John Cena improvising, just like thinking about anything that he could like throw on that list, or if that was written out, if that's a written list. You know, I what I wanted to see was it at the end, maybe organic. maybe like a, one of those computer guys going through the, going, we have new fingerprints. Red. Lion from Voltron? <laughs> like, like, what? like who, who the hell is that? <laughs> this is so good. Um, but yeah, so he's so he's like pissed at Economos the whole time. But that act of savagery because Economos saves him, like the bear's about to freaking kill uh Beastmaker, and Economos rips through him, and like at the end, they're all friends, they're all drenched in blood, like chilling out to 80s glam rock. Yeah, because the ride back is very much like that is you're right. That's kicks off the team bonding moment, and then they bond over music, and uh they end up pretty much dubbing themselves the 11th Street Kids, which I think is great because Hardcore okay. makes like a group text message. Which, by the way, I think she the actress had tweeted out I had saw the other day that the John Cena and all these guys are on a group text message called the 11th Street Kids from the show, and they use that <laughs> to like awesome. text. I'm like that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so they, you know, Hardcore takes a picture of them and texts it to all of them. And yeah, you're right. The, the whole savagery, everyone's covered in blood. No one's cleaning it off, which I think is pretty great, too, because that just the red episode, they're all just covered in blood. And I'm like, this is yeah. just really funny. Um, yeah, but a huge bonding moment for the team. Um, but the other thing is that Murr stayed back to deal with the Red Dragon situation, where we find out he ends up getting another person from Waller who ends up posing as a captain. To shut that down because he's about to get out because they find out that the prints don't match and they're gonna uh, release him. But this new captain that's in there shuts that down. It's like, oh yeah, the prints match suddenly. Uh, it was okay. We're keeping you in there. And the two cops that are there, which I mean, um, correct me if like I'm wrong. I I, I don't recall both of their names at, at the moment. But they have this interaction with Red with. Uh, the White Dragon. I keep calling White it Red Dragon. Dragon. White Dragon. So Red <laughs> Dragon is another movie that has nothing to do with this. Good movie, though. Yeah, good movie. Uh, <laughs> yes, great movie. Um, with the White Dragon, and 
he's talking about like noodles and shit like that. Like, oh yeah, you guys got it right with the noodles, you know, better than the wasps. It's, it's not like carbs and stuff. And she's also what? What is it? He calls her Lucy Lou in the yeah, interrogation, and, so, and then she starts yeah. calling him every white person he can think she can think of. Yes, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I think it was the haircut <laughs> with Jimmy Fallon. I was I like, was I love that. <laughs> I'm, run, I'm running out that's, of white guys. I'm running out of white dudes that's here. <laughs> and I, I also love that scene when he when he says that, and she goes, "Thank you," because I'm the one who invented it. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but the takeaway from that part of the storyline though is that they want uh, August Smith in to stay in prison there, and they want to make sure Peacemaker's not getting arrested. But yet at the end though, the cops, even though the whole thing has been blown, the cops know this. They're going after Peacemaker, regardless, because yeah. they know they know he's guilty, and they'll probably worry about the details like later on. Um, and she also they also go to her uncle, who is a judge, who is ironically named Judge Judy. Yes, and I thought that was also a, a pretty <laughs> funny moment. <laughs> um, but um, the team, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I before I didn't. Were you coming off of the White Dragon? I didn't want to get off White Dragon yet. No, no, you got go ahead. No, talk about White Dragon. Go ahead. Um, I'm getting from the you know, we have a great actor playing the role. Yeah. Um, and we have another great actor in the new the cop that came in and told her like everything is fine. Yeah. Not sure if you guys are um like super familiar with that actor, but he plays a badass in everything. Um most recently he was like the big bad in the Van Helsing series on sci-fi. Um Uh, he was on Hell on Wheels. He was like the evil Dutchman. He's a badass character. There's no way they're leaving. Him. They used him for just that 15 second clip. Yeah. So I think he's going to play a bigger role. Um, yeah. But White Dragon, I think he might be turning face at some okay. point. I'm not okay. sure he's White Dragon anymore. So you think and, uh, I don't have anything to base this off of. Okay. Um, other than when they were laughing at the breakfast table about like the evil stuff, like how yeah. like he just kind of ended the laughter so abruptly. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he went into jail, like how he made those guys admire him so he could be safe. Okay. We haven't really seen him do anything bad. Yeah, besides know? his just verbally, he, uh, aside from, right. yeah, right. I, I'm thinking there could be a face turn in his future. What do you guys think about that? Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe his kid, you know, the old Star Wars, uh, my son may be turned good kind of thing. Oh, yeah, there you go. Right. But, he, you but, go. He, but he did admit that he doesn't like Peacemaker. He liked his brother no. way, way Yeah, better. but that can't be. Well, he not not he racist. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> so, no or, or is he doing that to you push his son? still favorites. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. He could well, be I doing it to push his son, though. Like, to, you know, like oh, on that's him. true, too. I was like, an extreme version of tough love. An extremely, yeah, extremely version of it. Also, too, I think if if the face turn is going to happen, it's going to have to be with the exploration of the son slash brother's death and what happened there. Because yeah. I think that comes out of the White Dragon's like own sort of like blaming Peacemaker for whatever happened to the son. I don't think he really... I don't think any of that was true. Like you came out and I felt nothing for you. I think that's more like I, I am I've shut myself down because I blame you somehow for killing your brother. So I think like and, and I think the show is smart enough to tackle that too. But I think the only way he's gonna make a legit 
face turn is if that somehow gets tackled and resolved between him and Peacemaker. Okay. All right. I'm going to lob one more thing before we move on from this. Uh, I think we might see Vigilante take a heel turn and really? possibly become White Dragon. Wow. Wow. Okay. I don't, I I don't see, see the racism. He knows where all the stuff is kept. He's seen it all already. Um, he is a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> no, he is. Uh, I don't think we, we could uh, debate that part. <laughs> yeah. It's just the face turn thing. Somebody has to have a heel turn. And uh, Vigilante, I'm not 100 on him. Eagly, I'm all in with Eagly. Vigilante, oh, I see okay. him. No, no heel <laughs> turn for Eagly. <laughs> no heel turn for Eagly. Get out of here. Just like grabbing people and like bringing dogs and cats and shit like that and just like start murdering people. <laughs> um, so they're, after the team is done with there, they're celebrating. Murr tells them, hey, go, you know, chill out, go home for the night and everything. Uh, Adebayu goes and drops Peacemaker home because Peacemaker doesn't drive his car around anywhere. Apparently, Adebayu is the one giving him a lift all the time. Uh, but then he invites her to come in, you know, for a, for a drink as well. So they they had they you know invites her, but then you see this thing on the wall that they mentioned that Peacemaker apprehended Kite Man. Yeah. In the past, <laughs> if you've seen Harley Quinn, uh, Kite Man is is pretty. Uh, it brought me right, right. I didn't it realize Kite right Man was a thing that. outside of the Harley Quinn show. <laughs> He's in the DCU. He's been canonized now in DCU. <laughs> and apparently, Peacemaker has has taken him down. Um, but they have this conversation where pretty much Peacemaker is like almost breaking down and saying that, man, I feel uh, you have my back and stuff like that. After some other shit where he's talking about like he wants to get with Hardcourt, which we know that the whole thing. Yeah. And she's giving advice and stuff. And like maybe you should just kind of like be yourself and not be a dick to people. There is the great line before we get into this where she goes, when he asks her to go upstairs to have a drink, and she's like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. You're not going to try to fuck me, right? You're not going to be like, my dick's a lesbian. And he's like, no, no, I would never. I do that to you. I mean, yeah, my dick's a lesbian, but like, you know, that between us. Like, I love that moment. You know, the gorilla broke my dick at one point. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yes, that's right. I think the gorilla broke my dick. <laughs> But I love how they like very clearly make it that they're friends, like you know, because yeah. of course he's not above hitting on a lesbian. He doesn't care. He's peacemaker, but they and establish the base. And she knows that, and that's why they establish that baseline. Yeah, you know, can I can I throw this out there too? Can John Cena possibly be? And I can't believe I'm going to fucking say this: the best DCU casting that we've had so far. I know you throw uh, Gal Gadot out there as Wonder Woman. Well, I was going to say, what is the competition? Gal Gadot and Aquaman? That's about it. Uh, I'm not. I mean, Bat, he's. Batfleck. Hello. I throw Batfleck that is, and Jeremy Irons in there. Okay. Yeah. So he's got to be. And I, you know what? Cheers to James Gunn, whoever the, whoever the sick, because I, I said this before on the show. Uh, he was never, you know, great. He was good yeah. and stuff, but he was never. Good. This he found his voice. Yeah. He found his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has that deadpan, stupid teenage delivery to everything he says, and it works so well. So you know what? Good for him. I'm, I'm happy. And just a little teaser, mm-hmm. like a, I texted Ed before. There's a real good chance that Peacemaker will enter the Royal Rumble tonight. 
Get out of here. It's it's a rumor that Cena, so. Cena is going to wear the Peacemaker costume and come out to the music, maybe do the little dance, <laughs> and enter the Royal Rumble tonight. That would, be that great. would make me love him even more. <laughs> You're gonna so, have to when I, when I heard that, when I heard that, I wasn't super sold on it. And then I remembered that Cena was the guy who went to ECW and wrestled that match. Like he, yeah. like literally his entire match, they were just letting him have it the whole time. I swear they were hitting him with things by the end of it. Oh yeah, but he's the guy to take that step. I, I, I don't know. He also went to it's the gotta be Tonight Show Vegas. a couple of weeks ago and went and did the interview in full Peacemaker. Oh, he's, gone, he's gone everywhere yes. in that costume yeah. so far. So, so I think it's great. Yeah, he gave, he gave Jimmy Fallon a helmet. He did. He lost the helmet. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm putting John Cena on the list of people that you can tell they love being famous. Like, they really get... Like, you know, there are like Bruce Willis fucking hates it. There are people who fucking hate it, right? But John Cena, you can tell he loves it. Like, he's showing up in character. He's just like, he is enjoying the hell out of this ride. And I love to see that in celebrities. Yeah, no, me too. Like, it, it, you have more fun when you know they're having fun. Exactly. They appear to be having fun with it. That is an interesting thing, though, about the best... Castings. I. I mean, I think the DCU is their problem hasn't been casting. I think they've done yeah. a lot of great casting for the most part. It's writing. Oh, I'm not knocking yeah. the casting. I'm just no, saying, no, no. I, I know. He I know is. What you're he is probably like my favorite. Like I can't believe I'm saying it. Yeah. Like I said he's always he's, been decent. He's never been like like an over the top star. This is like wow. This you're you you nailed it. Like you nailed this character. This is your character. I hope he runs with it for many seasons and I hope I, he needs to pop up in a movie to have an interaction with all the guys he's talking shit about Superman oh yes I wanna, there has to be I want to see oh, him have a face off with Superman where Superman's like I heard you've been saying I like like ass play and shit play and that's, stuff but that, that's the problem <laughs> never say to, get ass. Super, to get Superman <laughs> Henry Cavill Superman to say that would be the best thing about it <laughs> <laughs> the, only way, the only way I'd Superman would be able to do it is if yeah. it was on, if, if if it was said online or something, and he was quoting like, I, I did you say I had a um I liked ass play like it had to be in quotes. Like, <laughs> He'd say but he would say but. All right, maybe he'd say, say but. I like play. but I, dude, if that happened in a movie, I'd walk out. I'd get dude, up. If he, out. if he just said, I heard you've been talking smack about me, that would already be enough. I don't even yeah. have to have him like really yeah. super <laughs> say the words. That's fine. You can dance around it. Um, yeah, no, he, he's he's been spectacular. We we talked about it last week though that. A lot of the things Cena's been in, we feel like he's found his, like Tim has said, he's found his voice now. He's found his thing. His thing. Uh, even though I, I liked him in Trainwreck when he had that little cameo as oh, just really one of good. our ex-boyfriends. Mm -hmm. He's hilarious in that. You know, He's like having sex with her and he's like talking about working out and shit like that. And it, it, I think it's really funny. Well, um, he was always he was always that same because he like I said we watched the uh, the TV show and the behind the scenes. He's a boring human being. So I've never seen life. any of that. I've never See, seen he, any of that. He is a boring, very straight, like there's none of that. It's just this. Yeah. So you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to start trying to be in a superhero show. But it's like, oh, they found it. They found look, exactly his tone matches perfectly. So it, it, it works so well. And the fact that yeah. they could make a boring human being, and he's a good actor. Like I have to give it to him. He's He's a good yeah. actor. And the fact that he's a boring human being and he's playing such a gregarious asshole in this makes yeah. me go, no, he's kind of a great actor. If really this yeah. is not who his persona is and he's putting this on and he's so believable, like, 
he maybe he's a better actor than The Rock. Well, you, you heard that he, he he makes people sign contracts when you stay in his house. Like you have to sign a contract when you stay in his house. He made really? his girlfriend sign a contract wow. when she moved in. You must do this. You cannot do this. You must do this. You cannot. Do... And he told Nikki Bella's in-laws, "Your towels must not be kept on the floor. Your bed must be made at this time. We will have a fire. Then we will drink coffee at this." It's it's like so are you fucking so serious? He's got this crazy is all true. OCD. Yes, this is all true. <laughs> And it's all you can watch it online if you want. He had he was very robotic, straight laced, like like insane. I'm like he's like he's got to be a robot. Like he's like a robot telling you like your itinerary for the day. We will have a fire at seven. The men will then go inside and have cigars. The women will do it. It's like really. I just came for a visit, dude. I want to I want to go to like Sea World tomorrow. And you're giving all these goddamn <laughs> rules I gotta follow. Rick, next time you're in New York, I'm gonna have an itinerary. I'm gonna email it to you ahead of time, and I'm gonna we'll, we'll see how this goes. Good luck. <laughs> And, and last time I went to New York, I forgot my vaccination card last time I went. You think I'm going to remember on an itinerary? <laughs> no, no, no. Next time I'm in Florida, you. Rick, next time I'm in Florida, we're you fucking, can write the itinerary. We're 14 hours into the drive, and I was like, oh, shit, I forgot my card. Were you able to get in any place? Oh, my, my father-in-law came to my house and took a picture. Like, New York's not officially oh, okay. a Nazi state. It's just kind of a Nazi No, no, no. They... They let you do the picture. But actually, I, I went out with some friends yesterday right after work, and every, we were all teachers, so we all have to be vaccinated. That's just the way it is, uh, or we lose our jobs. And uh, he forgot his card, and he didn't realize he had it in the picture. And we were pleading. We were like, I mean, come on. We're all teachers. We can prove that. I'm vaccinated. Everyone else vaccinated. And they were like, yeah, sorry. You got to give me something here. And I'm like, all right. Fair Following enough. Following the rules. Following the I, rules, I, I respect. I gotta it. respect it. I respect it too. No, I wasn't yeah. mad. I wasn't only come mad. across one place that was a bit Nazi. I saw, I forget where it was. Me and Jax went, and we have we have it on our phone. I said, "Here's my ID. Here's my card." He showed him his card. He goes, "I need his ID." I said, "He's 12. I'm his ID." <laughs> no, I, he has to have. Yeah, ID. Right. I said, He's 12. I am his ID. I am his father. And then they were like, "All right." I guess. I was like, no, guess. He doesn't have an ID. He's 12 years old. What 12-year-old has a fucking non-driver's ID from New York State? I said, that's it. He has his car. Oh, okay. Okay, I just said, yeah. I was like, yeah, you're a man. Don't get me mad, man. I was going real slow. Don't take away my movie or my, my restaurant. <laughs> right? All right, so. switch it up on you. All right, so let's wrap up the episode then and, and, and get this back on track. Um, so, yeah, so the end of the episode, though, out of Bayou, Tries to go home and she's like, can't she feels really guilty about planting the diary on, on Peacemaker? She texts her mom, it's done. Uh, so we know Waller knows that. And she uh pretty much goes in and goes to the office. Let's try to blow off steam and Murr is there, not watching Lethal Weapon 4 this time. But he's trying to <laughs> out. Um, wasted opportunity. <laughs> wasted opportunity, could have been still watching it. Um, but yeah, she goes in, she starts fucking with Peacemaker's helmet because she was with him on the x-ray vision thing, and she you know says x-ray vision and She's looking around and testing it out. She looks at Murr and finds out she sees the butterfly in his head. And the second she, you know, he sees that, she he goes all butterfly, chases her out into the street, into the rain, and she's just kind of like backing away. And that's where it cuts off as a cliffhanger. Um, so second week in a row, we're left with a Murr as a butterfly cliffhanger. Uh, what do you guys think his deal is, though? I know Jason and I chat about it, so I guess we can figure out like. He's a butterfly hunting butterflies. What do you guys think is up? I mean, Tim, do you want to start off? Or well, maybe that's the twist. Maybe he's a bad butterfly, 
hunting okay. the good butterfly. Wants all the good <laughs> butterfly. Maybe we're in the middle of a butterfly civil war that we don't. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it does make sense that they're that they're not the bad guys only because, like you said, Judah Match is like, oh, you don't, you don't. They're not who you think you are. Who they mm-hmm. are. So it could make sense that they really are just you know why they're here, why they're jumping into people's asses. We don't know. Maybe it's for the good <laughs> reason. But I mean, except maybe, but maybe Murph for some reason is not. He's maybe he he wants to take over the world instead of whatever they're actually doing. I don't know. But it's, I mean, it's a great cliffhanger because I, I like I literally have no clue on what this dude's deal is. Okay, I don't know why, why they all go. They live that they live. They all go uh, body snatchers. <gasps> they all do that freaking scream. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I'm on the same. I'm on the same page with Tim here. Uh, I'm fully in with they live. Like this is obviously they <laughs> live. <laughs> um, uh, but I think we're in the middle of a Cree skull war with the butterflies. Okay. And I think that this guy, uh, like he has his agenda and he has his own mission, uh, and he's going to run it as he sees fit. Um, but I think that there are good guy butterflies and there are bad guy butterflies. I think Tim's right with that. And, and we just don't know who's who. And I think that's what yeah. Waller is doing is letting it play out, monitoring it, and then she's going to make a decision by the penultimate episode. <laughs> She'll okay. make a decision. All right, fair enough. But uh, that's just Jason- me thinking she's a cold-blooded genius, which she kind of is. She kind of is. Uh, Jason, anything on the end of the episode uh, for wrap up, uh, Peacemaker? Yeah, no, I just I thought that was a super cool uh, like cliffhanger. I'm really curious what's going on. I actually do think that we are. I, I agree with everyone. I think like we're gonna Merle has something going on that we're gonna find out. Maybe he's a bad butterfly. Who knows? But like, I don't know. I, I'm trying not to speculate because I've learned in when we did Wandavision that speculation blows up in my face. Uh, so I'm just gonna say like. Um, I think the father of the butterflies are Mojo, and I'm going to leave it at that. And I'll be wow. pleasantly surprised when I'm wrong. Mojo. <laughs> there we go. Mojo is back. Not Mephisto this time. Mojo, Mojo, Mojo has never left this show. Mojo is the fourth co-host of this show, my friend. <laughs> All right. Uh, so pretty much let's get Jen a quick comment here before we move on to our movie. Farachi, thanks for... Thank you, boss, um, man. Welcome to the 50th uh, episode and the little 50th episode club here. Um, all right, so let's move on to our movie of the week. Uh, as we continue our rewatch of the Batman films, as we lead up to the release of the Batman in March, we're up to Batman Forever. And one person who wanted to join us, well, two of the people that wanted to join us, like, there's been more. Apparently there's four people that wanted to join us to talk about this. But one of them is one of our co-hosts on Double O Deep Dive, Ginny, welcome back to Great Hey, Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, uh, snow day. I'm excited. <laughs> and... Yes, Rick. It's snowing up here, Rick. Rick is in Florida. <laughs> no. Yeah, Rick is like, looking, oh, it's only 70 dolphins. If you can, <laughs> I was if you looking know. for dolphins earlier. I was going to do uh, my, my portion out in the yard in the sun, but I didn't want to show off. I was going to say, like, you can't tell which one of us is in Florida right now, right? Glasses, <laughs> no, not at all. Well, the rest of us are in, like, T-shirts. The New Yorkers are in T-shirts and stuff, and the Florida guy's in hoodie. <laughs> glasses. It's, it's, it's a, sunglasses. But, but it's sleeveless. 
Sleeveless, Belichick style. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ginny, have you got all Chase Meridian on us today? I have. I'm in solidarity with Dr. Dr. Chase Meridian. Please use her full title. Yes. She earned that degree. She's a doctor. Um, yeah, because we love a good glam doctor. That's feminism, and it's wrapped up. You can be beautiful and a doctor and in love with a masked man. I think it's great. This is true. I, I can't debate that far. I, I have a question, though. Uh, does Dr. Chase Meridian pass the Bechdel test? I don't, I don't think, think she does. She does. <laughs> I don't think she does. <laughs> Because I, I think she talks yeah. a lot about wanting to sleep with Batman, and that's she really does. what she's talking about. And she doesn't look, there's Little no bit. women in this Can- movie. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, if well, I can quote from the movie, I'll bring the wine, you bring your scarred psyche. That's, that's his fucking psychiatrist. She's helping him. <laughs> um, so before we get to Dr. Chase Meridian, who... It's ironic because we were just talking about GoldenEye, Jason and Ginny and yes. I, and we were talking about how that was one of the horniest Bond films we've ever yes. seen. Dr. Chase Meridian's like, hold my beer. Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I don't remember it being this crazy. Dude, she's this like, entire look, movie. It was like I'm a sorry, major, major, major crime scene. I better put on my sluttiest dress and Ready? go to the crime scene because like, he's going to be there. Yeah. So, yeah. And look, look, look. I might she not also hijacked the, the bat crime. signal. She did hijack the she bat did. signal. She did. <laughs> yes. She's like, I'm I'm here to solve some crime and get some Batman dick. And I'm all out of crime to solve. <laughs> <laughs> um I guess we, we can before we jump into characters, right? Because that's usually how we'll, we'll tackle all their movies on uh on Granny's Beach Day. Um let's I want to talk highlight the first lines of this film. The first spoken words of this damn thing is, can I encourage you to take a sandwich with you, sir? Oh, which leads us, which I have, to Batman's first line of the movie. Batman, the titular Dark Knight, who we're supposed to get behind as the hero of this movie, and his first line is, I'll get drive-through. Yeah, This was also linked to, if I remember correctly, a McDonald's campaign yeah. that yes. was brought into yes, at that time when yes. this movie cuts, came out. Cuts, because as you cuts. remember, the biggest problem with Batman Returns is it wasn't marketable enough to McDonald's and they hated it. So now we're we're going, you know what, you're right, McDonald's. Our Batman movies are really McBatman movies, so we're just going to write the advertising into the movie. Nothing wrong with that. There's so plenty what, wrong with that. We're going to get into what's wrong with it, but also uh, another... I'm sorry, another pop culture pros uh, person who wanted to join us. So, because like I said, there there were four that we wanted have, to join us to talk about Batman wait a minute. forever. We haven't. We didn't have this many guests when we did Spider-Man: Homecoming. <laughs> we didn't have this many guests when we did that 12-hour Justice League movie. No, no, no. We, we went to seven. We went to seven okay. of us for okay. Justice League. This is the second most. Though. There this might the be one most. more then. Where's Tony? <laughs> so Tony, he's at home watching his fights. <laughs> you set it up. Bert, what's up? Welcome back to Grand What's up, guys? It's been way too long. But yes, I am a I am also a Batman service fan. Um you guys, I know you guys were just talking about the McDonald's stuff. I actually still have one of the glasses. That I bought when they had the meals when I was younger. 
I still have it in the house. I have two copies of the VHS movie. I have the Blu-ray. Yeah, I love this movie. Like, <laughs> is it because I, is it because I saw it maybe a lot when I was younger? Maybe, but also too like, there's been a lot of hype online about this film, all of the deleted scenes that uh, Schumacher directed about this film that kind of bring kind of take away the kind of take away the wackiness of the film. But for me, like even watching it now, like I, I watched the few months ago recently, still enjoyed it a lot. They caught you. I mean, Bert, I'm glad you enjoyed this film. I'm happy. I'm excited for you that you enjoyed this film. I watched this film earlier today, and I had to pause it. I told Jason to this. I paused it after about an hour in, and I took a shower, and then I came back. You felt dirty. I, was, I, I felt disgusting watching this film. I it, it was just. And it was brutal. I almost I want to go back and keep shoveling snow. I texted Eddie because I watched this. I wanted to get it over with. Because, again, this is the Batman movie I've seen the least. I This is the second time I've seen it. I saw it once in the theater, and I went, oh, no, never again. And like many things, Granny's PhD has forced me to break that vow when I say never again. And I saw it a second time. And I started watching it. I actually started watching it the night I watched Goldeneye for Double O Deep Dive, right? Uh -huh. And I was like, all right, I love Goldeneye. So if I can just, like, I'll watch something I really like, and then I'll attempt to watch Batman, at least part of Batman forever, and maybe I'll really like it. And I got 32 minutes into it, and I text Ed, and I'm like, yeah, no, it's 32 minutes. I'm done. I This can't be the last thing I watch before I go to sleep. And then I stayed up for another two hours watching Doctor Who. So it's not even that I was tired. I just couldn't allow that to be the last thing I watched before sleep. You don't want to have nightmares. No, I, I did not. Um, all right, well, well let, let's start off. Let's talk about Batman. This is his movie. This is him forever. Um, uh, where the hell do I even start with this guy? Um, Wait, Dr. Moe's good. Let me lay a little groundwork on why, like, like the color of this, like when, uh, what was it? A Wizard of Oz goes from like black and white to color. Yeah. There's a lot of blame to be passed around with this film with a couple of things. One thing I'm going to point out is fuck 10-year-old Danny that went on TV and complained about the violence in Batman. <laughs> First off. All right, fair number enough. Two, I'm with you there. Number two, the subtraction of all the African-American actors involved with this film before it began. <laughs> We yeah. had Black Robin and Marlon Waves, which would have been amazing. That's true, actually. We yeah. also had right. we that. also had Two Face because one one day he was out really of the yeah. William December Williams, and the next day he was this guy. <laughs> well, hold on, well, Rick, Rick. Hold on a second, though. Jason actually said though he uncovered it. That was we asked yeah. what happened to Billy D. Williams. Jason, go ahead. Billy D. Williams actually did say no. I'm not into this. Like they asked him. They they. They gave him the opportunity to take on his role, and he went, I don't know, not this script. So but he opted really, out of this. But time. you think Marlon Wayans would have been a good Robin? I, I think Marlon Wayans would have been Early 90s, a, Rob, think, yeah, Mar Marlon Wayans. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. 19, well, hold on, 1994, 95 Marlon Wayans, not now Marlon Wayans? Yeah. 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 I, Marlon I, Wayans. You guys are acting like he progressed as a rapper, not as a rapper, <laughs> as an actor. He was better, like, I think he I'm pretty better sure rapper. he's the same actor that he is now at 45 that he was back then at, uh, you know, 18. 
But I, I'll give it. But I know Marlon Wayans actually showed his acting chops on Requiem for a Dream, though, because that movie is. Yeah, yeah. And he did Requiem for a Dream yep. a couple of, a year or two after that. So same time was frame. Yeah. He so was, I think he. He was but, also ripcord in GI Joe. But I'm going to tell you this though. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this though. If we if we got Marlon Wayans in this movie with director Joel Schumacher, it would have been terrible. You know how I know that? Because everyone is terrible in this movie. And I am going to break it down by each character because this is an incredibly talented cast. Everyone in this movie is literally in my top sphere of actors, especially in the 90s. And I think everyone is terrible in this movie. So no, Just I don't think Marlon Wayans Wayne would have saved it. I want to hear all of that. All right, all right. Well, let's get back to it. Let's let's talk about yeah, let's Batman. Get, let's get yeah. yeah let's let's get talk about Batman. <laughs> let's talk about Val Kilmer again. This is his movie. This is him forever. Um, I just think it's Val Kilmer who I agree with, with uh, Jason that he's a very talented actor. I mean, he's Iceman. I'll always love Iceman. I know. Nope. Sam has heard me talk about Top Gun forever. I love Top Gun. Um, One of his what? best roles, of course, is Doc Holliday. He was Doc Holliday yes. around this time, which is like, uh, I don't know how that man was an Academy Award nominee. He was in The Saint, which is uh, not the best of movies, but he is a, ma a magnificent saint. Like, this, he can act. I think he's an amazing actor. But, Ed, please, I didn't mean to hijack. No, I'm fine. sorry. <laughs> he, to me, he is playing Michael Keaton playing Batman in this movie. And that's my huge problem with it. You can tell by the mannerisms, the way he speaks, to the voice, he's playing Michael Keaton playing Batman. And that's the problem. Besides the writing, because the writing for this, I mean, the one-liners that Batman keeps dropping are horrendous. It's the, the drive-through crap. Oh, the drive-through. And then some of the, yeah, some of the crap of like, are you trying to get under my cape? The car, chicks thing, the car. Oh, God. Fireman. ADR. ADR is terrible, but... <laughs> What? Yeah, but all right, him doing Michael Keaton is not as bad as George Clooney playing George Clooney. Well, we're getting right. 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 I'm just saying. We're just saying. All right, but Tim, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say, it is worse, and this is why, because he's playing Michael Keaton as Batman, but he's playing an inanimate wooden object as Bruce Wayne because yes. he is fucking terrible as Bruce. Oh, I am Bruce Wayne. Alfred, get the car. Like, he has nothing there. So his role is little wooden boy and not not like Michael <laughs> right. Keaton. So okay. at least George Clooney being George Clooney, it's like, well, there's something here to watch. Well, you know why, too? Why'd they bring back... I mean, in, in Batman Returns, I don't think you had to harp on it, he didn't not once anything about his parents. Not once. He was still need it. Now, no, it. but now, in this Wait. one, they're like, hey... He's scarred by his parents again. Why? Move on. We will know. We know why he is the way he is and does what he does. Why are you going to bring that whole thing back around? Oh, that's right. Because the hot psychiatrist needs to have a purpose. Or, or because Robin, Robin has the trauma, and thus he sees that trauma as his his parallel, exactly. and it triggers it all over again. And I say, I will say this: this Val Kilmer Bruce Wayne is like a JFK Jr. If he was like a Batman in a way, you know what I mean? He's handsome, very eligible. Um, but step mysterious, like we don't really know him, but like he's everywhere. I think. I think this is like a poster boy, Bruce Wayne. Unlike my favorite, Bruce Wayne is Michael Keaton, of course, who looks like a real billionaire in my mind. But I think this guy is like our, you know, our America's prince, probably. Yeah. yeah. No. Can I defend a couple of those negative points and support what she just said? 
I just, I actually back, I, I back some of the stuff that it, he said though. I'm not I'm not disagreeing we, with that. Yeah, we're attacking him for playing Michael Keaton. He was reprising Michael Keaton's role. Okay. Like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin were no longer canon like five years ago. That at the time that the movie came out, they were they were the, the bookend of the trilogy. I mean, they're and still canon, in though. my opinion, the wooden boy acting was this. Yes. Batman Forever is Fight Club with a rational narrator. And that's why it what? doesn't work. If it had an irrational, uh, uh, not irrational, um, what do you call it? Reliable narrator. Unreliable narrator. Uh, what was it? Right. Unreli unreliable if it had narrator. an unreliable narrator, this movie would have played out like, um, oh, God, what's the movie with all the tattoos? Memento. And it would have been fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, if this movie was shot like Memento, where we see it backward, and it Batman has a shit ton of tattoos that said, someone killed your parent, John G. raped and murdered yes! your parents in an alley. <laughs> Those so are the 45 minutes of exposition which are missing, which were erased from the Schumacher copy, and then they fed us the cinematic one. This Batman, this book ended the trilogy. This was supposed to be it for Batman. This Batman, the lines between Batman and Bruce Wayne had been completely blurred by this point. He was becoming the Bat. He was Batman while he was Bruce Wayne. That's why the he had no charisma. He's, he's the same exact Bruce Wayne that Michael Keaton is. Think Michael Keaton in the first movie and how charismatic he is. He meets the people in the throne room. He's explaining what it's about. Everybody loved Michael Keaton. He was so charismatic. This is Batman at the end of his rope where he's become the bat and he's no longer charismatic. I mean, I guess I would no, try he's tired. We know it's not the end because he has another movie. I would accept that. Well, it was that, supposed Rick. to be the end. I, I would accept that if that was what was on, on the screen. If that was what was on the screen, I'd say you write, I, I resign, whatever you win. But no, because if that were true, then how come all the villains do is <laughs> every scene they're in? Totally, what you just described sounds like an awesome movie, but it is not totally what this movie is. No, this movie. If this was like being told by the unreliable narrator in Bruce Wayne. <laughs> He was having a fever dream of a neon rage rage that he went to one day, and he imagined Gotham being colorful and splattered with paint everywhere. But I, I don't even want to get into. I, I want to focus on Batman though before we get to the look at this film. Because the look at this film is completely bonkers. We get the introduction of nipples on the bat suit and a random crotch and ass shot that nobody asked for. Well, to nobody. to defend Joel Schumacher, I get what he was trying to do. Maybe I don't. I don't want it, but I go. It's an Adonis. He looks like a statue which has nipples and a butt, and that's the, that's what he wanted, and he did it. And that's he's like a god-like being, an Adonis, if you will. That has nipples, wow. so Batman has nipples. I, but I just imagine—I <laughs> imagine Bruce and Alfred sitting in the Batcave in between movie. films, and like, you know, something statues we need to upgrade the Batsuit. Let's reconstruct this. You know what it's missing? 
nipples. We need nipples to strike fear into the criminals of Gotham. Subtle. They're very subtle. They just but close they, up. It's, it's, exactly. No, you Jenny, don't notice right. it it's the close up of it. It's like it's cold oh. in the bat suit. It's cold. That's it. There's no. That's the winter bat Under suit. Under Armour didn't exist yes. yet. It's still very cold in the, the bat suit. It's very cold in Gotham at, at, at this time. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just think that the Val Kilmer Batman. I don't know. It, it really just doesn't work for me. Besides the writing, I'm just trying to talk about him playing. It, it really falls off. And I, I think it would have been better off if Val Kilmer would have been like, you know something, I'm going to just do my version of Batman and that's it. Versus trying to emulate Michael Keaton playing Batman. He's a is character what, actor. Is one of my problems. He is. Val Kilmer really should yeah. be doing something different. He's better than that. That's yeah, better than that. Like Val, and, come on, let's go, kid. You're better than that. Let's go. Give him a nice and I'm going to blame, go. as I'm going to do in every one of these terrible um, roles that are played and all the terrible acting jobs that are here, I'm going to blame Joel Schumacher. Because again, Val Kilmer, an incredible actor. And I really believe that Val's like, all right, Joel, I got this idea. What I'm going to do is, and he's like, ah, no, Val, let me stop you there. Did you see Batman? Did you see Batman Returns? That's what you're going to do, buddy. I'm willing to bet that's what happened. Just keep it, keep it status quo. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Which I think is just a, like, Tim, go ahead. I mean, do you have anything to say about Batman? Because you've been cut He's got to be boiling over right now. No, no, Tim's no, going to no. kill us I, all I, except for Ginny and Rick. <laughs> so just me and Ed. No. <laughs> it's like, this is this is the movie. I I don't disagree with you, and I don't agree with you. I'm just like, all right. I It didn't bother me. It just didn't bother me. <laughs> no, but Tim, way... just talk about Batman. Just, I know yeah, that's, that's, what talk, no, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Okay. It okay. didn't bother me. He didn't bother me. I, I, I do. I like Val Kilmer a lot. And like you said, coming off especially like a Doc Holiday role, he just doesn't bother me. I did the, the, his his Bruce Wayne. Yeah, well, Jenny, you kind of nailed it. He was he did. I like the I like your analogy of the JFK thing. He, yeah. he he was like the prince. Like that's how he presented himself. More as Val Kilmer. I mean, Mike Keaton was a the bachelor. Uh, yeah, a real the bachelor. Larger, you know the the hidden billionaire mm -hmm. was Michael Keaton kind of yeah. thing. Um, I like that analogy. I was that was that was cool. But no, it just either one. I, I, I didn't bother me. I liked the role that he played. Was he trying to emulate Keaton? Okay, I guess. I guess he just wanted to keep that that you know thing going, keep it going, and do it didn't work. Do you enjoy the? Are you trying to get under my cape? And this is all in one scene. The chicks get the car. The chicks take the car. Mm -hmm. And even 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 fun. even Michael Keaton had stupid lines. He 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 scratched the record for Christ's sake. He's not a what is he a DJ all of a sudden? He did that <laughs> yes, bullshit. That wasn't, that wasn't his first introduction. He scratched the record. <laughs> it didn't happen in the first five minutes of the movie. He's not DJ Batman. He's freaking Batman. He's not to be scratching the no, that was stupid. <laughs> that was real stupid. I don't know. I just think in, in two scenes, th this Batman loses me like immediately. And for, unfortunately, one of them was the first scene of the film. That totally just was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, this is um, from a female gaze, but his body, I like the body because it's not ripped like a Christian Bale. He looks normal. Yeah. And I didn't have to get into shape for these movies back in the day. They didn't. But I like that. I think he looks like normal. <laughs> I think he just looks like strapping. He doesn't look like a okay. overtly marvelly fit guy. I was like, that looks great. He looks wonderful. Nice. And that's realistic. That's 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 it. You know? Well, they let the bat armor chisel them out, I guess, at that time. <laughs> um, well, I, when you guys are talking about the acting you weren't referring to uh jim carrey were you no I, that's I, I who's next rick that's a great transition because oh, that's what I we got to get into that's what we got to get into next i think jim carrey is go. one of the most <laughs> one of the most underrated and best actors of all time i think this 
he's terrible in this, but it's not his fault because again, what I think happened is he went, all right, so, um, so, so uh, this is what I want to do with the character. I want to be a bit manic and I want to do this and I want to do that because Jim Carrey can do all of that. And Joel Schumacher just went, Hey Jim, did you see the mask? That's what you're going to do. Because yeah, this I could is see that. Jim, I could this see is that. Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey in the mask. What the fuck? He's entertaining to watch, but what the fuck does this have to do with the Riddler? Towards the end, yeah. especially, he's like improving, and I'm like, these yes. lines don't make sense. But the beginning, it's all matching up to me. But I was like, toward the fever dream towards the end, absolutely work. I don't know what he's saying, but like, oh, with the joygasm line, yeah, and the whole uh, right. when he's talking about how Robin wants to be naked, he dreams to be naked with a girl one day. And as I'm watching this, yeah, it's true. As the movie goes on, he starts going to some like weird place well, where he's just spatting. So shit. I'll blame that on the on the fact that he's kind of doing drugs. He's kind of sucking all the people. That, yeah. So he's getting stupider yeah. and dumber and not dumber, but he's getting he's more crazy. Right. Smarter. Right. Yeah, but he still has, I mean, that has to have a side effect. No yes, but that's not established in the movie. They never say the You're side having, effect is crazy. I'm, I'm trying to defend him a little bit, Jason. I'm trying to defend I know. Him a little bit. I'm just saying. I'm going by the text of the movie is all I'm saying. Script. Okay. I'm just saying. Maybe maybe the, 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 you become the smartest man in Gotham. You're not going to suck only good people's brainwaves. You're going to be sucking right, everyone's everyone. brainwaves. And there's a lot more dumb people than there are smart people, especially in Gotham, because Gotham – I'm sorry. Gotham is not a good place to live. Then why would your plan be to suck the brainwaves of stupid people if you were so goddamn smart like the Riddler's supposed to be? You would knowledge. It was like their it's secrets. It's a riddle, Jason. Uh-huh. I agree with Jason. Here's that my issue with this is that it's Jim Carrey literally just being Jim Carrey and not really anything we've ever seen of the Riddler. And the character... Even though this was first, it does remind me a lot of Electro and Amazing Spider-Man Two. <laughs> yes, me too. It, I, I mean, it is almost parallel. Like their stories are almost exactly the same. But we Amazing Spider-Man, you did. Yeah, yeah, no, you did. But this movie, that movie gets knocked for it because this is the original one. So they weren't ripping off that. Well, I'll I'll, I'll agree with Jace too. As far as he he probably said, "Hey, you remember Batman '66? Remember Frank Gorshin? You're going to be Frank yeah. Gorshin on crack." Yeah. That's what you're gonna be, and I do get that. I do get that, but I I don't think it works. And I think, and here's the thing here's what pisses me off most about the Jim Carrey Riddler is I think Jim Carrey would be an awesome Riddler if you actually gave him a good script and good direction. Because I think Jim Carrey is a super talented actor who literally could do whatever you want him to do on the screen, but when you just say be the mask and he's the mask, and then that's it, it's like. Okay, but that, wh- wh- why couldn't you have given me something good with the the, the clay you had here? Yeah. No, so I won't disagree with this that. This is my thing with you, you guys tearing my guy to shreds with Jim Carrey. But we love Jim Carrey. We yeah, don't, but, we don't, yeah, we're not knocking everybody. Yeah. We actually like him. We're. I think you guys are looking at this movie through the wrong lenses. This movie is a pop culture opera. Like, if you've ever seen Repo, the genetic opera, like opera. Oh, yeah. it's called. I own it on DVD. This, I own Blu-ray. Yeah, this is the precursor to that movie. So why did Harvey Dent go from suave, you know, William, December Williams, to like this caricature with a half a purple face? 
Well, we're not there we're yet, though. We aren't there yet. I'm, I'm going to rip him apart, too. culture opera. <laughs> right, but I'm yeah. saying, like, this is a pop culture opera. So we are not playing characters. We are playing caricatures. Yeah, but that's not a Batman movie. And that's not the two Batman movies. The Batman animated series is exactly the same thing. It it gives me very um, Batman. The 1960s Batman show with Adam West is exactly the same thing. I agree with you about the 66, but not animated series. Animated series. They give us characters. The whole Mister, the whole reason anyone knows or remembers Mister Freeze is because the animated series gave him that heartbreaking backstory. He's just a one-off, nothing in the Batman-like legend. So I disagree. I think Batman the animated series was were taking these caricatures and giving us fleshed-out characters, and it was running at the same time this movie was in the theater. I feel like Sorry, the, the Two-Face and the this. Joker. <laughs> no, you're absolutely no, you're absolutely right because I feel like the Two-Face and the Joker were directly ripped from that series. I feel like they visually were directly ripped from the series, and I feel like the way that this film was stylized, you know, as a pop culture opera, these guys had to play caricatures, and the person who ruined it was Two-Face because. He wanted to be a real actor and he was not happy playing a caricature and he gave us a shitty performance while everybody else leaned into it. Which, which, if, 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 if I may, I, last week I teased one of my favorite lines in the history of man came out of this movie. And that is when Tommy Lee Jones met Jim Carrey for the first time. Oh, yes. Jim Carrey, they, they told Jim Carrey that Tommy Lee Jones doesn't like you. He's like, really? He's like, yeah. So they met up in a restaurant and Jim Carrey walked over to him and said, hey, Tommy, nice to see you. This is before the movie started. Tommy Lee Jones got up, hugged him and said, I hate you. I really don't like you and I cannot sanction your buffoonery. I cannot sanction your buffoonery is my favorite line, I think, in the history of man. <laughs> and in all of the world. Verbatim. It's, that and that's exactly verbatim. what he said. So right there, like yeah. you said, now if Tommy Lee Jones is, is really the is really the bad worst part of this movie, I mean, where does that come from? I mean, where did that that whole thing is like? Wow, really? I think he wasn't listening to Joel Schumacher. Like, how easy would it have been to take? I how think- easy would it have been to take Two Face and make half his face fr- look like Freddy Krueger? Yeah, that would have been super easy. But that's Instead, not on Tommy Lee Jones. That that's actually on Joel Schumacher for making the directorial decision. I think the problem was he right. was listening to Joel Schumacher because Joel Schumacher went, "Hey, uh, uh, Tommy Lee, did did you see Batman sixty nine? You know the Joker. That's what you're doing." Yeah, he's because very Joker. Is, yeah, he is very Joker. Yeah. He's a Joker with with double puns or whatever. Like you know, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> The, the only way I'll like read I'll defend him is I would like to see like a lawyer movie Harvey Dent prequel where it's Tommy Lee Jones like Ooh. in a series like that's kind of convincing to me especially I in like the that, video yeah. footage I think it's burned but then I also say didn't he just win an Oscar so what if Tommy Lee Jones was just like I want to have fun and I want to do like a big over the top <laughs> villain performance and he just like went crazy and like that that's not what you were supposed to do that was that's the Riddler like I, I think I think he, he tried to straight. out he tried to out Jim Carrey Jim Carrey and you're yeah. not gonna out Jim Carrey Jim Carrey no possible. nobody it's not possible can. yeah he's I think that's it's what not he did possible. 
like, oh my god, sanction! I should have put that as my name. I can't sanction your buffoonery. One of my favorite lines ever. I'm sorry, but it is. I'd, I'd, I'd get, I'd get that tattooed on me. I'd get that tattooed on me. I think it's so great. On your tombstone, I cannot sanction your. Buffoonery. Oh, so great. <laughs> perfect. Um. Yeah. Well, since we moved on to Two Face, then. Um. Yeah. He. He. I don't even like. He's just running around, kind of aimlessly through this film. Just laughing and hee-hawing and talking about killing the bats and like making sure we all know that he's a cartoon character. And by yeah, the way, like, he doesn't look like a man with a scarred face. He looks like a guy who painted his face fucking purple. Yep. Or he's like the um from uh, remember that movie with um Howie Mandel, Little Monsters. Yes. And he's like yes, a purple monster. Yes. He looks like yeah. that. Yes. Like yes. half of That's what he looks a Howie like. Mandel. Yeah, and he's what? gone for like half the, the last part of the movie, right? I just like he disappeared, and then Riddler took over totally. He disappeared. So, uh, yeah, uh, two, two, two Face so. kind of disappeared. Two Face yeah. disappears a couple of times throughout this movie, and yeah, then two reappears face, two for face, virtually no reason. He disappears and he reappears to stop whatever Jim Carrey's plan is, even though they're supposed to be allies and and stop the Riddler from winning. And then he disappears again, and then he reappears to like. Again, like we talked last week about like character motivation as a ding against Batman Returns. Like, you know, we don't understand why Catwoman is, you know, uh, really has a thing with Batman. Why do any of these fucking characters want Batman dead? What? Two Face wants Batman dead because why? I don't know. He, he, in the courtroom, he got Batman like jumped to save him. And didn't and save him. He didn't save him or like he hit right. it and it but made it worse. He also didn't throw That's the literally thing. It. It's like, <laughs> made it worse. Like if Eddie asked yeah. on my face and Ginny tried to save me and failed, I would want oh, to the... kill Eddie, not Ginny. Did it not yes. hit the core? It messed up his brain though somehow. Am I wrong? Did they say that? No, Did I make that the up? trauma. The trauma messed up yeah. his brain. You're brain. absolutely it's right. The trauma because it's like a psychiatrist. Yeah. If you go back to that scene, which, <laughs> how did you miss which, that? <laughs> if you go back to that scene, what saved him? A Manila folder. He put yeah. up a Manila folder. Saved the it, other and, side and of and it screen. left and it left a perfectly <laughs> straight line down his face. Acid so does not get through. I mean, so when I go, if, if any major natural disasters happen, I'm going to have a goddamn manila folder with me. Just in Build case. your house out of manila <laughs> folders and uh, <laughs> construction <laughs> tape, duct tape. Per and well, a perfect straight line. Perfect straight line. And I said, and the Riddler doesn't like Batman because, well, he's obsessed with Bruce Wayne, which yeah, I actually his kind of think is, is freaky. With, yeah, his his beef is with with Bruce Wayne, yes. not really Batman. In this he doesn't he's have a beef with Bruce Wayne. He's electro to Bruce Wayne. He's he a, loves yes. Bruce Wayne. No, no, no. He, he wants does, to become Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Yes. No, I, I get that, but when Bruce goes ahead and shuts down his thing and says there's too many questions, of course the questions is what sets him off, and then he starts to hate Bruce Wayne and wants to take him down. That joins Two Face, they go on a, 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 a string of robberies enough to build his own company and melt make all these devices because that's what he tells them. We want to go ahead and, and we need yeah. money to do this. So that's how they go ahead and rip off a couple of robberies, build this whole thing. And now he has an entire company over the course of a couple of weeks of stealing shit, which Batman can't stop any of these robberies because we'll yeah, get to the person, there. we'll get to the person who's probably maybe preoccupied Batman for a little while in, in this film. <laughs> Um, 
and, and that's kind of that's the that's the thing with Riddler, Two Face, and Batman in this movie, and that's pretty much that. And Two Face is just like, you know, I hate Batman because he didn't save the other half of my face, and he's not a middle folder, so therefore I hate. Him. And that's 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 and pretty much that. I, I don't remember the animated series that well. Uh, Two Face, I mean, like in this one, remember he has his room is actually cut in half. Yes. And then you got white Ooh. Drew Barrymore, and then I you love got it. Wearing the black, uh, what's her Debbie name? Mazar De- is Debbie Mazar. Debbie Mazar. But like his taste in Debbie food, Mazar, like... and I love Drew Barrymore. No, but another, like, another half wants this itty bitty quail, Barrymore. right? But one half wants itty bitty quail eggs and and champagne, and the other half wants to eat a boar's heart and yes. all kinds of. Na- That's just stupid. It's like it you, makes you're taking sense. you're taking the two facing like, a it's little lit. too far, a little too far. This movie is Captain Literal Man. Yes, yes. To, to many extents. But I love Jim Carrey. Because the Two-Face, um. the, the whole thing about Two-Face is it's a manifestation of a multiple personality disorder that is trying to manifest in the same body at the same time, which is why he has to flip the coin. Because he's not really Harvey and he's not really Two-Face until the coin tells him who he is. And none of that is in this. None of it. Yeah. Your first why can't plural. you guys just be happy? <laughs> They you were 13 years old, and movie. the MCU didn't exist. <laughs> Rick, because Rick I, we were in high school. <laughs> we were in high school when this movie came out with Jason. Yes, I totally ignored this movie back then too. I knew better to, to stop. And here's the thing: because it, I already had Batman and Batman Returns, which are far superior movies to this. I had been, this is a step down. I don't like. Oh, I would. I would. I would take this over Batman Returns any day. But they were, and those were yeah, scary. When you're, when you're like a seven-year-old kid, like me and my my family growing up, this was like our oh oh yeah, this is the, it's uh, you know it's super high color, awesome soundtrack, um, you know hot stars. I was like, this is what we were like in. This is what no bleeding penguin, which I love, but I also go I'm oh, not as a kid. <laughs> well, look, 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 you we can't... love this. My nephew was the Riddler for Halloween that year. <laughs> I like we, this was not I a bad movie. That. Like people enjoyed this thing. Summer people movie. enjoyed it. Summer people enjoy every movie on some level of some sort. There are people out there who enjoy X Men Origins Wolverine. There's not a lot, but there's somebody. Oh, I don't. I don't ever run into me. Oh, uh, you know one. Of them, <laughs> it's not, you know one of them, and it's not me. Um, they got a baseball. But let's let's talk about Dr. Chase Meridian then. Before, oh God, even before people. Robin, because Robin can wait right now. <laughs> um she Ginny, we, we talked about Goldeneye the other day. Like I, I said earlier, Dr. Chase Meridian literally is like, hold my beer. I am the horniest person in any comic book movie ever made. She's new in town. There's no dating apps. She <laughs> sees this guy on TV. She has some political power, I guess. And she's like, I'm going to shoot my shot. Let's let's give it a go. And why not? And like. Oh, listen, shooting her shot. I, I have no, no gripes about because she does it right off the bat. And every single time she sees Batman, she's all about it. I mean, she from the first scene. She's literally about to jump Batman's bones right then and there. The second he shows up, and they have a kind of a cool shot where he's coming out of like, like that shot, Batmobile yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's a cool shot. That's great. Um, the but then hi- is not a beeper. Hijacks the bat signal <laughs> and uses that to call yeah. him down. And bring- she's pretty much like in lingerie, ready to go right there next to yes. the bat signal again. Poor Commissioner and- Gordon. It's just a cover up before he gets there. <laughs> By the way, good, good, good question about that. Right. So that scene where she's next to the bat signal. 
ready to go with Batman right there. Commissioner Gordon comes out in his pajamas. He's useless. What is going on? Everybody, everybody was everybody was sleeping on the roof that night. It was a sleepover <laughs> at, at, at the, so Commissioner the Gordon's place. Well, well, Commissioner Gordon's the one that usually probably pulls the switch. Yes. So the fact that the, the switch, he's like, hey, I'm supposed to do that. <laughs> did I do who, this? Who, who did this? He ran out in his pajamas. And a trench coat. Yeah. You can't just go out in your pajamas. Well, it was you cold. Throw something over it. That is fair. Because <laughs> when you find out it's Halloween around this time, is, yeah. eventually in the movie. Um yeah, so I, she, I dig her. I dig her. I don't know. I think she's like she is like Joel Schumacher thinks a woman would dress like Veronica Lake, and like she's also a psychiatrist. It's like a gay man's version of a woman, and like he also, and he's also like okay, romance. What 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 are what are like a heterosexual or a, a heterosexual romance? It's very sweeping. Uh, balconies, uh, like nighttime, you know, nighttime, yeah, passionate hey, roses. Yeah. Blowing in the wind. Keeps blowing in the wind. Yeah. Those recycled this idea. Don't forget that. What was that? The Sopranos recycled this idea of the hot psychiatrist that gets with her patient. Right. Who is a, okay. wait, does, has a wait? Does Tony yeah. sleep with his his patient? Uh, his um his psychiatrist in that? No, but they like. Can I just spoiler alert you. And what and, and there's also another scene with Chase Meridian and Batman where he shows up like to her balcony because he says, you know, she's like, Oh yeah, come meet me at midnight. And of course he goes back to the Batcave and contemplates it and then comes back in the suit. And she's literally laying on the bed ready to go as, as he comes to the balcony. She again, ready to Jason, what does she want to do? Get it on with Batman. <laughs> Definitely just all about it. Um and he like she changes her mind, like, oh yeah, I kind of want to be with Bruce at this point. And he turns around with the most ridiculous smile ever. It's like <laughs> I full terror. terror. I was like, what the fuck, man? You're, you're just mad because Batman's not supposed to smile. That's all, <laughs> dude. It was just so weird. It, it's Batman it's, that, broke that it broke code. <laughs> I guess. I mean, but it's like what? Batman. Batman returns is so strange. That relationship is so great. And I go, and this is sexy. And I just go, Marvel could never. Nowadays, we don't, we're like, we're sexless in Marvel. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, you didn't see Eternals, type. did you? I did see Eternals. I like the Eternals a lot. They, they get very sexless. Well, that scene was nothing. Um, <laughs> but it's not like, enough sex. Yes. That, that scene has yeah, nothing on Eternals, There's a sex scene in it. Nothing on Peacemaker, that's yeah, for sure. No, no. I, like, I like an intimacy. I like, a, I like, I like her and Bruce because she kind of like switches, like, uh, flowery poetic romantic language yeah. with batman and when bruce is like level-headed you know psychoanalyzing him and then they kind of i think she kind of knows he's batman i feel like she's a good actress enough to where she's kind of you see it in her eyes a little bit if you're like totally watching her um that she's kind of like all right this guy okay and kind of go back to work i think she is kind of like zeroing in on him more and more and then when she kisses him my favorite trope of course like oh my gosh He's a ma- the masked man I kissed is the is my you know real boyfriend, but she does it way better than Mary Jane in Spider Man. So. She figures it out a lot faster than Mary Jane. She sure yes. does, yeah. And I don't think yeah. she's just being the whore we all say she's being. I, I think I, I, mean, I think <laughs> I never use that word ever. I just mean no. I what I, what I mean is she's just a strong <laughs> body. I, I think I think cracking the Batman psyche just gets her going so yes. much. Yeah, like she's like, I have to crack that mind. I have to see what makes this man do what he does, and it kind of horns her up a little bit. Like if yeah. she just wants to really get into that mind, 
the bed oh, and the mind <laughs> and the bed and 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 the cod piece. And well, the she, I think I just really hyped up about getting in there to see what makes him tick. <laughs> <laughs> so I would actually say, out of the four characters we've discussed so far, she might be the best character out of the four. I, I like it. I like, I like what I I'm agree. hearing. I would co-sign that. Yeah. Because, again, I think she, as an actress, I think Nicole Kidman is a phenomenal actress. Like, if you look at her work around this time uh, to die for, she's fantastic in. If you look at her work now, she just did that, like, Netflix show or, I don't know, something I watched with my wife about where she was, like, a Russian wellness expert and, oh, it, like, like six Lotus. perfect strangers or something. Yeah. And, and, like, she's amazing. She's an amazing actress. And I want to say that about everyone I trash here because I do love this cast. Um but I, I think, again, I think she does the best with what she has to work with. I think yeah. she actually is doing something in this movie that is not just, hey, have you seen this? Well, do that. But again, I think that's Joel Schumacher's film. Jason, I love your Joel Schumacher. I Thank you. I was practicing. I actually was listening to him in videos <laughs> before I came on the show because I knew I was going to do this bit. <laughs> I do love your Joel Schumacher. It's, it's, it's better than some of the acting we got in this film. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's um, not much of a compliment, but thank yes. you. Um, so then I guess that brings us to a compliment right there. No, no, listen, no, I mean, sincerely, his, his Joel Schumacher is better than some of the things we've discussed. So let's talk about Robin. And that's why I want to challenge you, Jason. And you love the cast of Chris O'Donnell. You love Chris O'Donnell. I actually think Chris O'Donnell is not as bad as everyone else in this movie. Oh my gosh. And here's what no, here's what I'm gonna say this because I think Chris O'Donnell's just like, you know what? No one has any expectations of me. I'm not that great. I'm just gonna come in here and give it my all. And look, it's a stupid choice having Chris O'Donnell play Robin. Like I texted you, Ed, when I was watching this movie. It's a real good thing millionaire Bruce Wayne was on scene to adopt this 25-year-old orphan. <laughs> yes. I mean, what the fuck? That was baffling. That is baffling. But Chris O'Donnell gives my favorite line of the movie. Holy rusted metal, Batman. There it is. What? No, no, no. We're, we're literally standing on rusted metal, which has holes in it. Like, And that <laughs> right there makes him my favorite role in this movie because he gives that line and he knows what he's doing. And he's not like, again, I, I, I don't think he's a great actor, but I think it's why it makes his performance particularly interesting in this because he's the only one that I had no expectation of. Tim, do you like? How about his the way he does his laundry? He hangs up his clothes. <laughs> I, tr I tried it after I saw that. It doesn't work. It doesn't it work. Doesn't work. You sure? <laughs> I, I, I was shooting. I was shooting shirts all over the laundry mat. People are like, "What the hell are you doing?" So yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> I can see Tim doing this. I'm not even joking. I, I actually do. think he did. I'm, I'm not lying. I'm no, not I lying. believe you 100. percent I was in a laundry mat with a broom going. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Foot. I didn't uh, get to the foot. I couldn't even get to that part. I was flinging shirts and underwear across the laundry mat in green points. Bruce has got to check his uh, laundry settings, by the way. There's that much water left in the in the thing that he's just taken out of the machine. Dude, put it on rinse, man. Like, yeah. come on, man. What's going on here? Alfred, what the fuck are you doing? Apparently, Joel Schumacher has he's never done his sandwiches. own laundry. That Jason, I think that's what it is. Joel Schumacher has never done his own laundry, and that's why we get this scene. Yes, that's that's what he imagines women are like. That's what he yeah. imagines it's laundry. like. When you do your laundry. I don't know about the rest of you, but when I do my laundry, it's very much like, oh, this is wet. 
into the dryer, into the dryer, into yeah. the dryer. You're going to tell me Bruce Wayne, millionaire, billionaire Bruce Wayne is a fucking dryer? I have a dryer, but air, I do hang, I do hang dry some. I do hang dry some stuff, but I've never done that. I okay. might try that next week, and I might have Andrew <laughs> film it, and I'll, we'll see how that goes. I might smack myself in the face with a wet shirt or something like that. One could only it's hope. So cold up there for that. It's true, but I hang it in the basement next to the boiler. That's uh, where they drive very fast. No, okay, at least, at least can you just admit that the costume was cool? Yes, actually, I will. I will say the Robin costume is cool. Yes, I agree. Tim, I I will give you that. The Robin. I've always, I've always been a a Robin sympathizer, but yeah, Chris O'Donnell. No, like you said, he's he's thirty. What are you gonna do? Leave him to the twenty-five-year-old man. Yeah, let him go. And that scene, by the way, that scene when he wants to leave, and they're like, "Oh, but we've made this sandwich. Aren't you hungry, young twenty-five-year-old <laughs> motorcycle? Well, I have this thousand-dollar motorbike you could fix up and take you twenty-five-year-old. <laughs> oh, gee, Bruce, thanks for adopting me. Let me go get my shaving kit. Now that would have worked if they would have actually Titans hired a really teenager. Corrected a lot of this. Can we all like give a hallelujah to Titans for correcting this bullshit? Yeah. Yes. yes, thank oh, you. Yes. Titans is so awesome. The whole and they do name drop like... Nightwing. They do name drop Nightwing when he's trying to think yes. of what he wants to call himself. Names. Yeah. And Metropolis. Is this the first time they said Metropolis yeah. and like Superman? Yeah. 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 First time they yeah, acknowledge another superhero in this one, right? Metropolis. They, yeah. they mentioned Metropolis. But no, Robin. Super- Batman and Robin was Superman. When he said yeah. Superman next week. Next week yeah. we get a name drop of Superman because we know this is why he works alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Um, yeah. There's that. Uh, so the only two returning characters, because to remind everybody, this is supposed to be the continuation of Michael Keaton's Batman, is Commissioner Gordon and Alfred. They're the only two that are consistent throughout these four films. This is the most Commissioner Gordon's gotten to do, though, than throughout the series up until this point. This is the most screen time he's gotten. Don't you feel like this is... Com- I always feel weird when I see Commissioner Gordon in the first two Batmans because yeah. this atmosphere, this and Batman and Robin just feels like his universe. Like, yes, this is a city that he is yeah. presiding over. Like, the crazy <laughs> characters around him and the... Like, I'm like, e- this is... Yeah, you work in this city. You don't work I in agree. the Tim Burton one. <laughs> That's true. And, and how... Very, very and how, true. How useless did they make... Or something I didn't like the fact... They made. I know people have a problem with him, but they made him useless. Yes, Robin. In this, it's like I got my suit. I'm ready to kick ass. You got caught. Now you're a pawn. Yeah. Now you have to be rescued. You've done nothing in this entire movie except be a whiny bitch. And that was you the be, problem with it. He gets they, the bat I, boat destroyed by because these two are playing fucking battleship. That's right. I don't know, I'm not going to defend that. No, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to try. No, I'm saying I don't even think you would even attempt that one. Um, so I guess for characters, that's kind of it. But then I guess we just talk about Joel Schum- Schumacher's choice of choices in general. One of them going with a random gang of neon characters that are nameless and try to steal the Batmobile. See, that's the second. Then Batman and Robin is all that. This is a little bit of that. That's not a lot, you know. We get it's the the taste. Yeah, you're right. Because I I I agree. Because we know what's coming next. This is definitely the precursor to true insanity. Must have liked it. But yeah, I'm gonna go on record as saying that depending on my watch on Batman and Robin, I may be defending that it's better than this next week. 
Wow. Maybe. I, I doubt that. I highly doubt that. But, but Rick, Rick, but you were talking about lenses, though, and I'm with Jason on this, though. Oh, that's it's, true. No, no. no, it, no I'm just saying, watching this, if you're going into Batman and Robin, because we know what it is, and I've never watched Batman and Robin ever seriously, and I've always watched it for comedic value, and it does make me laugh my ass off every time when I'm not cringing and I'm not thinking it's a Batman movie. That's kind of my adventure through Batman and Robin every single time. It's cringe and laugh. And you know, well, Rick, you're with me. And actually, Tim, you're with me. Why too. can't you just and our love for like Arnold, the room? Our, 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 <laughs> uh, our love for Arnold Schwarzenegger never never fades. So I have entertainment value with Arnold Schwarzenegger and his obscene comments for next and all that. My, my love for Jim Carrey never fades. And let me tell you, all you guys, you're going to be in hot water with me when you run into me because. <laughs> My guy I love from Jim Carrey. I love Jim Carrey. I'm, 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 I'm just talking to Eddie and I. I gotta go through the list of once bitten uh, cable guys. Yes. Rick, Rick, you know I love these movies, Dumb and Dumber, but unfortunately. Why is nobody saying how nice his rhinestone outfit was at the end? <laughs> it was great. It was it's so nice. He worked so it's, hard on it. He did, and I want to know like when a Rick sat down and made it. And I love the cane. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't really know. That's a little prop. Yeah. I dug that cane though. I love I his like glasses with the question mark. My question though is, when did he get his hair cut and dyed and shaped? Because he went from being long, scraggly. Oh, I love Bruce Wayne to like buzzed up. I'm the Riddler. Hi. Yeah, the and then he goes ways. back to being Ed Enigma yeah. with a normal haircut in a suit, and then goes back to spiked yes. orange hair again. So how does how does he have the does the Riddler have control over the hair? Is he like a living chia pet or something? Drew Barrymore does I his hair. She's just yeah, wigs. <laughs> That's what it is. She's, what did John really Lovitz fun. used to say on SNL? Yeah. Acting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, the Schumacher choice is to lighten up the city and to do some of these lines and. Look of Gotham is just and the Batmobile look lighting up like a techno thing or whatever the hell was going on with the Batmobile in this movie. And and some of the interiors look nice, like like very gothic-y and realistic. Like if we could have a a, a real movie based in like his interiors and some some you know some of the dark lighting. I like that. I think that looks that's authentic. And then there's neon. Then there's neon at night all over the place. But his exteriors honestly his exteriors honestly look like bad 90s CGI. Yes, there's some of that too. Since you mentioned the CGI, the guy that did the CGI for this movie went on to do the Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. So like... He got better at his So we can assume this film had the guy that did the best CGI at the time. No, but but to be honest, no. But I, but I'm gonna I'm gonna poke a hole in that because I think not even CGI, but the look of the exteriors of Gotham, it looked better in Batman and it looked better in Batman Returns. Like you don't need why too. I'm sorry, Jason. But why too? Batman and Batman Returns just look like a dirty city, like 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 you know a comic book city. This one, like you start, even it gets worse than the next one. Like you know what we need. A thousand feet in the air, a bridge to go from one building to another. Why? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? And no one's going to build put a, bridge a head on there. a bridge. Yeah, let's 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 <laughs> make giant statues, it. giant statues, so the Batmobile can jump on it. 
Like that, it gets real crazy. And this one didn't bother me as much as the next one. The next one, he he loses his mind. He's like, listen, I want my city to be like Coruscant from Star Wars, a thousand feet above the air. I want bridges. I want statues. I want a ridiculous uh, telescope that makes nothing. Yeah, so it gets a little crazy. This one was, like you said, I think this was a little more gothic, gothic than crazy. The next one right. is crazy. And I just think he has this weird thing with his camera shots he uses where it's kind of like oh, on yeah, an angle and a side going in. Yeah, it kind of makes me, I've almost felt like I want to vomit a couple of times. <laughs> he doesn't let go of that. Yeah. yeah like every weird. other movie he has, I think he like in Phantom of the Opera. I was going to say, that's kind of his thing. Yeah. Yep. I don't remember seeing a lot of that in like Lost Boys. No, not in Lost Boys. Oh, that was really every, odd. Scene that the, every scene where the uh, vampires yeah. attacked anyone. Oh, and they turn. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That same angle. You're right. Joel Schumacher did Lost Boys. How did I yes. not know this? Lost Boys is his best movie, I think, by far. Okay, because like I was, I never was able to, to name a good Joel Schumacher movie. Now I can. Oh, Lost Boys and I and I and I dig phone booth, actually. I dig phone booth. I never saw which it. one. Oh, Flatliners. Like yes, yes, Flatliners. Oh, oh Flatliners flat is, is amazing. That's a good movie too. Yeah, the original. Yeah, the original. The original. The remake is. Uh... I never saw it. Oh, the okay. remake. I've seen the remake. It's whatever. It's all right. It's not terrible, but the original is really good. Yeah. Um. All right, so I guess besides anyone got anything to comment on I, the, the I look like of the, the movie? The the dream sequence when he just has it, especially when he's talking to Chase about like his his he keeps having the he's a full dream about his parents' funeral and then finding the Batcave, which was like the first time we'd ever kind of seen that on film. I feel like, mm-hmm. and I like that it's very like smoky and like very dramatic, but it's a dream anyway. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's pretty the cool. giant bat coming. Yeah, it's not movies. neon. It's in the bat comes. Yeah, I want them I'm to be it. man bat. Man bat. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and I guess, yeah, uh, Jimmy, you, you mentioned the soundtrack, I think, you know, previously. They, they got back to it because the first film had the Prince album, which is literally the soundtrack of the original Batman. Uh, and they, yeah, there's a, we played the Riddler song for Method Man to open the show. We're going to close with another song off this soundtrack that is not the, what is it? Kiss Me, Kill Me. me kiss Me, Kill Me. Yeah, it's Cartwheel Me, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do like that. That song, by the way, I actually think this is a solid soundtrack. So it's, it's, no, it's, it's, it is a solid soundtrack. It's either "Kiss of a Rose" or the Flaming Lips one. Oh, right? we'll, see, yeah. we'll see shortly. Kiss <laughs> I love "Kiss of a Rose." Flaming like Lips one's good though. I'm gonna go inside and like light a candle and sing that to Courtney and see what her response is. <laughs> He's gonna leave. She's not even gonna look. At I have him. A, She's gonna walk out the door. I have a bunch of karaoke microphones around here because I have a Disney princess I live with. That's going down. <laughs> <laughs> Helen might leave too. They might both just walk out and just be like, "Listen, they gotta go." Rick, all I ask, Helen's gonna, Helen's gonna film it to make fun of me. I was like, "You set up a camera before you do that, so we can all watch." Yes, <laughs> I, I would love that. Um, all right, so I mean, anything else before we we wrap this thing up? No, we're gonna be, everyone's got uh, nobody Batman mentioned. Forever. Nobody mentioned the guy who goes Batman. Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> we've been talking about it it's, for an hour and nobody fucking brings up that guy. <laughs> That's Commissioner Gordon. No, I don't know who that is. Was it I don't think, no, it's not Commissioner Gordon. It's some random extra. Is it really that guy? Yeah, and I, Rick, I know who you're talking about. That's. That's not great. It's it's boiling <laughs> acid. Oh, oh, all right. oh Jimmy, Jimmy, thank you. Thank you. I have a note about the security guard in the beginning. 
Now he is the worst <laughs> actor in this movie. Tim, you're hundred percent right. What is up with that dude giving a play-by-play? Like, oh no, it's acid. It's eating my feet. Oh, Batman, <laughs> you're doing this. Oh, we're gonna die. Oh, we're gonna like I'm in a movie. Oh, like what the fuck is going on? In case you're anybody right. doesn't know what's going on, he's telling you. <laughs> he's the reliable narrator because he's being very little he's about everything. The reliable narrator that ruined the whole movie. <laughs> Oh I'm my you, God! Jenny, thank you so he just came back in every scene. Thank you so much for reminding me of that because I almost forgot about that fucking guy. That, that would have been great if he came back in every scene. Like, oh no, Robin is doing laundry. He's now kicking laundry onto. The- <laughs> Chase Meridian is naked. Oh, <laughs> no. he really oh, wants no. to get it on with Batman. Get out of here! <laughs> I'm just a narrator. I'll see you guys later. I'll be back. Oh no, Batman has to choose between Robin and Chase Meridian. What is he gonna do? Batman is having erectile dysfunction problems due to his childhood trauma. Oh no! <laughs> oh boy. And oh, oh, yeah, that's a good. Now I feel like we've we've scraped the bottom of the bottom of the barrel now. <laughs> yes, that's when it's time to. Music us off, then, because we, we, we're, we're gonna leave off on that. Yeah, whenever you get to Batman's erectile dysfunction, it's time to end the show. Holy bat, erectile dysfunction, Batman! <laughs> I've got, luckily, old chum, I've got a pill for that on the bat belt. There you know he does, right. too. Did they miss an opportunity when they called it a sandwich and not a bat witch? <laughs> yes, they did. Yes. 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 That is fair. All right. So, thank you so much for joining us today for our latest Batman rewatch and our 50th episode. We've got a blast. Tim, Rick, Jenny, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, we'll be back next week as we continue the Batman rewatch with the also infamous Batman and Robin. So, we'll be back next Saturday with that, along with episode six of Peacemaker, the latest in CW. And whatever crazy trailers might drop during the week. So there we go. Now we're going to get karaoke from everybody from singing Kiss from Rose. <laughs> also, from the Batman the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Bert, by the way, Bert, I hope you're okay because you, we came on with Fury to defend this movie and then you kind of zipped out. You, you know, I'm only really worried about him. I think he was, yeah. was at work. We all moved on. It's kind of like that episode of Seinfeld where they're like calling the people in the Chinese restaurant and they don't respond. <laughs> he was like the two-face of this episode of, of Granny's Kitchen. He just kind of he like, was, disappeared. Right. He's going to come back up in the post-credits. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So if you liked what you heard here this week, go ahead and join Pop Culture Pros. If it's on Facebook, join the Granny's Kitchen Facebook group. Also join Pop Culture Pros group. We got a bunch of stuff that doesn't make the show, so we talk about that. Um, if you're joining us on uh, YouTube, go ahead, hit subscribe, and subscribe to Pop Culture Pros. You can check out our show and other shows. Same thing with Twitter. Go ahead and follow us as well. Uh, we got a show on Monday nights called Double O Deep Dive, where yes, Jason and Jenny and I talk about Bond. Jason, what do we got coming up? Next week. We got Tomorrow Never Dies, the second installment of the Pierce Brosnan franchise. We're going along with the Pierce Brosnan. 
Uh, and yeah, we're going to talk about what happens when the mogul of the media mogul becomes a Bond villain. Again, very 90s. Very excited. All right. And then right after this, though, Tim, you got a show coming up for Just Too Sweet talking about the Royal Rumble, right? I don't think we're going to do the show. We're going oh. to do the yeah, it's probably running a little too late. I got I got shit I got to do. But yeah, we'll probably come on Tuesday to talk about the Royal Rumble. So okay. that'll be Tuesday night. So if you're digging Tim, Tim's got Tim uh, Tim and Eric to so just do Sweet Show. Also gives a hand with A to Z with Eric. And Eric covers everything from... Amanda Bynes to Zendaya. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. There's, there's a nice little A to Z there. Yeah, uh, you I created out- these purposefully, all right? This was a lot of thought I put into this list. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then if you like uh, football, you can check out Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Farachi and Tim. They've been knocking it out of the park with that. You got Jader and Kyle will be covering up some movies. I know they got their review for Scream 2022 up right now. Uh, Rick, you have a show coming up on Pop Culture Bros that's going to be debuting soon. You want to uh, plug that a little bit? What? Yes. yes. We'll, uh, we'll pop the cherry. Let's pop the cherry on that one. First appearance. Now you're part of, I guess we're all part of the same uh, shared cinematic universe. Yes. So we, we have the uh, we have the old dirty fight pod. We'll be premiering in about two or three weeks. We'll have more stuff out, uh, coming up on it. Uh, but it's going to be all things fight uh, from the fans' perspective. So we welcome everyone from the hardcore fan to the casual. We're not just going to cover MMA and boxing and bare knuckle boxing and jujitsu. We're also going to discuss uh, fantasy fights. So like this week, me and Eddie discussed uh, <clears throat> if and when he does when he does show up on the show. Uh, definitely going to lob at him Bruce Lee versus uh, Rocky Balboa. Or uh, Thunderlips versus Bruce Lee. Could go either way. So Who knows where it'll fight take oriented, us? Fight-oriented show. Everyone welcome. Hardcore to the casuals. Uh, and it's going to be geared towards this entertainment and uh, fight culture. Nice. Nice. All right. So looking forward to that. Popping up on Pop Culture Pros. So, uh, all right, so we'll see you all next week, next Saturday, for uh, Batman and Robin. So we'll talk to you then. Peace. It's the car. Chicks dig the car.